Welcome. This is Orion Rising. I'm your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. Check this out, check this out, check this out. All right, it's Friday night. Welcome, everyone. Time for the Law of One. I'm typing, sorry. Trying to share this out as well. <laughs> so we are live on YouTube again uh, because it takes way too long to uh, try and post a video to YouTube. So we're live on YouTube live on Facebook on Orion Rising and on uh, Returning to the Old Ways. And I shared it to my personal uh, page, my wall. Okay, so please share this out, right? Welcome, everybody. I can see Denise there. You guys are talking. Cassie, you guys are talking. So I see a couple people in the crowd. So share this out and we'll let uh, people get in here. So we were talking. Sorry, I was a couple minutes late there. I was talking to my sister and I was talking about uh, timelines, which we'll get into, but, but Raw is talking about Jesus, so we'll go through that, um, and then we'll uh, get into the timelines. Um, uh, but uh, I was telling her about that, and I said, I don't think we've talked about this. We talked about it on the air a couple times, but I don't think you were on there when I was. You might want to tune in. And she was like, why? And so I said, do you have memory of? There's a really big shift that happened last year, uh, starting in May and uh, solidified in June. And I believe it was the 6th of June, uh, six months, six day, six hour, probably six minute of June. And Karen, welcome. And a lot of people, millions, I don't know how many millions, but millions of people worldwide uh, have many memories different. And they're all the same. Everybody has the same memories of a different reality than this one and the same uh, things that people rattle off, for instance, when you were a kid growing up your entire life before a year ago, do you have your heart on your left side, left of center of your body, or is it in your center mass of your chest? Uh, another really big one is where are your kidneys? Are your kidneys uh, just above, right about your waistline on your back, right above your lower butt or your upper butt? Uh, at about your waistline, or are they up higher than that, almost under your lungs, up by your uh, rib cage? If you remember your heart being on your left side, you you should Google that. <laughs> You'll have a hard time finding a picture of that. Um, they're still out there though, which is odd. They have the, so that that's uh, even more sign that something strange happened. I have pictures and videos that I literally have 
uh, have up on my page correct, uh, correctly, uh, anatomically showing the heart left of center. So there still exists, but now they're teaching you that that's not where it is. Same thing with the kidneys. So there's millions of people that remember those two large facts change last year in May, late May and early June. Uh, and uh, there's more, many more. I'm not going to get into all that right this second, but Karen, welcome. Uh, but but there are many other things. So, but the first thing that I want to do is um, I want to uh, put up a, an ad on the screen here. And I'll tell you what it's about. For those of you listening on the MP3 broadcast, you can't see the picture. But uh, I'm proud to say up on the screen for you to see is, uh, is a uh, commercial uh, meme for myself going to be on Jacqueline Taylor's podcast, Oneness Project Light. Uh, conversations or, or one-on-one conversations with Jacqueline. Uh, tomorrow, today is Friday, June 9th, wherever you are on the planet. It might be uh, late, uh, you know, after midnight uh, in a couple of places. Uh, the, those of you who are just across the prime meridian, like in Australia, it's morning. Um, so it'll be Saturday, my time, 12 noon Saturday. So that's a GMT minus seven. You guys can extrapolate out from there where it is what time it is for you. It's somewhere like um, it's eight hours uh, from that. So 8 p.m. UK time. Uh, and I think you're 15 or 16 hours ahead of me over in Australia. So you guys will figure that you guys can figure that out. So uh, there is, you can go to my page and there's a link from my page on Facebook to take you to the, her group. I don't have that. I don't have that up and it's too bad because I was going to put that up on the screen, but you can see that uh, meme that she has put up the advertisement for us to be talking tomorrow. Uh, I'm not sure how long we're going to talk, but it's going to be a one-on-one conversation. We're going to be talking about living the law of one uh, and talking all about that and uh, how in our lives, the, what we do. And, and it's not, you know, the law of one literally is the Tao Te Chi. It literally is the Buddha. It literally is many other um, religions, Christianity and, and everything combined. It's the same message that everybody was trying to tell you, all these people uh, that were you know, killed for telling people about the way to ascension. Uh, so we'll be talking about that tomorrow. So you guys should tune in at noon uh, Pacific Daylight Time, GMT minus seven, wherever you are on the planet, you can figure it out from there. Okay, you know, from because most people know what the Greenwich Mean Time is on the Earth. That's Zulu, uh, um, Earth Terra Zulu. Okay, so like I said, please share this out. I should probably look at the comments. I had that turned off, so I couldn't see what you guys were saying. So, <laughs> uh, hopefully, yes, Cassie says that Leo will be a fantastic guest. I hope so. Uh, it's well, but you know, when her and I get talking, just so you guys know. If you haven't been witness to Jacqueline and I's conversations, they're going to be super high vibration enlightenment. We start talking, and this is not a joke. This has literally happened to us more than once. Many times when her and I get going in a conversation, we have had people actually ask if we're actually speaking English anymore because they do not understand what it is that we're saying. That's not a joke. We were live and uh, literally uh, a friend of mine was was uh, also live with us on air. And her mother said, are they speaking English? Because they, she literally was lost on the words that were coming out of our mouth. Uh, and we've had many people do that in chat rooms where her and I will have a conversation and we'll start talking. 
if you've ever seen her and I live, which we've been live a few times in history, uh, just not recently. Uh, it's been, you know, about 10 months or so since her and I were actually live on air together, I believe. Um, don't quote me on that, but uh, but it's been, it's I think it was the solstice, winter solstice last year uh, when her and I were actually live talking to each other on television or on the radio or however you want to, on your podcast or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but So just be prepared. You guys think that that when I talk, when I talk here, I'm, I go high vibration, but I'm pulling you up to a higher vibration. Her and I go past that. We go to a place that, <laughs> that we'll probably, we'll have to, we'll have to pull ourselves back down because we get really high vibration conversation. It's crazy. So, so yes, it's on Facebook tomorrow and I don't have the, um, the page up right the second, hold on and I'll get the link from my page and I can link it here in the chat. For those of you who want to take a look at it, and you can see that. Hold on here. I'm going to her page now so I can copy this, and I'll copy and paste it in the in the chat. But if you are obviously on the MP3 file, you won't be able to see that so or use it. So you'll have to go to Facebook uh, and then, um, and then uh, find her, uh, you know, go to my page on Facebook and, uh, and find the, the – um, address and click on it okay but i am putting it in the in the chat it's pretty long but it's it's in the chat for you to look at and it looks like it went out to uh, weirdly youtube twice <laughs> but it's there there's the link it's in the chat for you guys to uh, click on and go to the page where we're going to be going live tomorrow uh, and like I said, if you guys are uh, are not on the MP4 broadcast right now, currently on YouTube or Facebook, and you're listening somewhere around the world on the MP3 broadcast, you can't see the chat or the words. So even if I put it on the screen, you guys wouldn't be able to see it. So for those of you around the world, if you have access to YouTube, look me up on YouTube on uh, under my name, Leonard O'Neill. You can find me there. It's a picture of me with a smiling with my beard. And then if not, and you and you can go to Facebook. Uh, go to Facebook and look me up there and go to my page uh, on Facebook and you'll find a link there for with the ad. You can click on it right above the ad. You can click on it. It'll take you to uh, where we will be live. And I'm sure that I will share it out. So if you find me on on the those pages, I'll probably share those out tomorrow when we're live so that it'll be easier for you guys to find. Okay. So that's going to be a really good conversation. I'll guarantee it. It's going to be high vibration. We're going to be talking about uh, the, the law of one and, and actually living that and uh, ascension conversation, guys. High vibrational ascension conversation starting at 12 noon Pacific Daylight Time, West Coast America, GMT minus seven. You can figure out where you are around the world to tune into that live if you want to ask questions. Uh, that's the time to do it from the two of us, guaranteed. Okay, so we were uh, in the uh, raw. We're in session seventeen. I think I'm on question nineteen. I backed up to that just so that we could go through nineteen into twenty. And they're talking about um, Jesus being a wanderer, and and then uh, Dawn is asking raw. Where exactly is Jesus located currently? That's where we are. So I'm going to go ahead and start on that. And uh, let me turn the sound up here again and make sure that it's good enough for you. I'll do a sound check. Somebody in the chat, let me know if you can hear it uh, uh, good enough. And uh, we'll go from there, okay? By self, of the self-healing properties of the self. 17.19 questioner, how did Jesus learn this during his incarnation? 
Ra-Emra this entity learned the ability by a natural kind of remembering at a very young age. Unfortunately, this entity first discovered his ability to penetrate intelligent infinity by becoming the distortion you call angry at a playmate. This entity was touched by the entity known as Jesus to you and was fatally wounded. You know, Satanists point this out <clears throat> all the time. It's hard to find this story actually in the in the uh, the New Testament, which is really odd. The Satanists, uh, one of the my buddy I talked about last week, who was a satanic priest, uh, early on in in my relationship of knowing him when we were in our, I think we were in our twenties or maybe in our early thirties. Uh, I don't even think we were that old yet, and he had said, you know, that Jesus killed one of his friends when he was a kid. So. So that's out there in the world for people to find, and and people who are trying to say that Jesus isn't exactly the holy person, they they literally you know will, will bring that up and say if he's God, then why did he kill somebody? Well, he's a wanderer; he had to wake up, and this is uh, what they're discussing uh, in, in that he actually didn't realize his abilities, and he was waking up at a very young age through natural uh, way of waking. So it wasn't like somebody, you know, came down from heaven and, or whatever aliens or whatever, he was waking up as a wanderer. And he realized when he got angry that he had the power to hurt and harm people and that bothered him. So he actually left, you know, he studied what he could uh, and, and with the, uh, with the uh, Hebrews. And then he decided to walk the earth and he left and went all around the world because he did that. And he was gone until he was about 22 years old. 21, 22, and then he came home uh, and worked with his father as a carpenter. People suggest that everything Jesus taught was not, in fact, anything that would prove in any way that he was the son of God or that he was should be venerated as a, as a god because it was just information that he learned all around the world. Um, so that's saying that by, by that reasoning, if you believe that, that means that any education that you get from this planet is useless. If you don't, if you don't come up with original thought, original thinking, and original that's detached from all of this way of thinking, then you're fake. Do you see? So if you, if there is, and that's why that that was done the way it was done. This is why I'm bringing this up. It's why it was done the way it was done and worded the way it is worded, so that it nullifies, makes everything null and void. Because if Jesus learned any of that and then spoke it to the people, he must have been a sham and speaking as if that was coming from God, which he never claimed. Okay, when people asked him. He's never said, I am the son of God. I am the word of God. I am God. Never. He said, I am the son of man. Never claimed. And when they said, oh, you're the king of the Jews, even when, when Pilate asked him that, he said, no, my kingdom is in heaven. They were trying to prop him up as the king of the Jews to lead a rebellion. And he refused to do that. And that really pissed off a couple of the guys, Peter and, uh, and a few others that wanted him to start a revolution. And they were trying to convince him of that. And if you listen about Judas, he was the same way, although I don't agree with the official story of Judas being the traitor that he was. I, I believe the the scroll they took out of the Bible a little bit more uh, that he was not, in fact, in that Jesus actually was the one. Because, I mean, the truth is, uh, OK, let, let's just talk about that really quickly and then we'll get back into this ideology. I talked about this before. If, in fact, Judas was 
a traitor and betrayed Jesus. He and thought Jesus didn't know anything about it. Why at the Last Supper when Judas was sitting next to Jesus and Jesus had a conversation with people about who was going to betray him without saying the person's name and said the person out loud to everybody to hear the person who's going to betray me will eat when I eat. Then right after that, he reaches over and grabs a piece of bread and dips it in the thing. And Judas sitting next to him does the same thing. And Judas is, what is this? I'm speaking because I'm holy and only everyone else can hear me, but Judas can't now. Is that what we're to believe in that? And then he says, and then he, whoever is going to betray me, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, pointing to the guy next to him. He'll drink the wine when I drink. And then he picks up the thing and he drinks the wine. And then and Judas does it the exact same time. Right? I mean, come on. Right. So now we're, now we're saying Jesus is nothing. And Jesus uh, made all that up or just learned it from other places. Yet he has the ability to speak. And we're going to accept that part the, the, to speak to the entire uh, other 11 apostles without the guy sitting next to him. Literally less than a foot from him. He can't hear what Jesus is saying and has no idea what's going on, but everyone else can. And we're going to buy that Jesus has that ability, but he's not in any way uh, um, the Savior character. And he just brought all back this information that he learned from around the world, and that's all he was spewing. But he had that one ability because he told everybody, oh, wait, no, now we have to say that book in the Bible wasn't actually accurate and maybe he didn't have that conversation so you have to continue doing what they're doing in politics today and that is change the narrative on the fly at i mean you know look at what's going on with this investigation from this paperwork about joe biden i don't know if you're paying attention to that but the the guys in congress on the oversight committee went to the fbi and said we need this document they said what document that document doesn't exist we don't know what you're talking about and they were like, okay, if you don't give us this document, we're going to subpoena you and everybody else. And if you don't give it to us, we're going to hold you in contempt of Congress, which is a felony. And you can go to jail for up to 25 years. I'm sorry, we don't even know what you're talking about. And then they said, okay, we're going to file a, a paperwork and send it to the court. Oh, 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 that document. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that document exists. Can we see it? No, 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 you can't. Why is it classified? Well, no, it's not classified. Well, if it's not classified, then you should be able to show it to us. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. Okay, well, um, all right. Uh, oh, okay, sure. And and then they're like, okay, when? Oh, soon. And, okay, uh, are you going to show it to us? Yeah, um, um, yeah, soon. And then all, nothing, nothing, nothing. So they file now with the courts to go after the person for obstruction of justice and uh, contempt of Congress. Oh, oh, no, here, come. Hey, no, that, that document? Yeah, it's right here. Come on in. And then when they're like, oh, okay, so we're going to take a copy of this. Oh, no, 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 you can't take a copy of that. Well, why not? Oh, well, because it's, it's part of an ongoing investigation. So it's classified. No, 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 it's not classified. Well, then why can't we take it? Oh, because it's part of an ongoing investigation. Well, what would that investigation be? Because this document is about Hunter Biden and his father getting payoffs from foreign governments. And that's what we are investigating. So, oh, no, 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 it's not that investigation. It's a different investigation. But I can't tell you about the investigation because it's an investigation that's ongoing. And we can't let you take this uh, out of here because of that. But it's not classified. 
Oh, I see. Okay. So now we're going to file again <laughs> to have you arrested because you're not wanting to show us this document that is not classified. Oh, oh no, no, here, no, no, that document. Oh, yeah, that, that document. You mean that one? Oh, yeah, no, we'll send it right over. Okay. Do you see how they they are trying to change the conversation and the ideology as they go to keep the information from someone else? Now, I'm not saying that those guys are the bad guys and the ones trying to get the, the information on the oversight committee are the good guys because they're all bad guys. They're just vying for the who's in, in power. And that's all they want anyways. I just think it's funny that they actually go and do that to each other, but they're doing that so often to each other that they're doing it to the world and they're doing it to us and they're doing it about everything. Jesus isn't real. And this is why. And then when you go, what about when he walked on water? No, never mind that. Never mind. That didn't even happen. Okay. What about when he brought the blind back, you know, for, and let them see that didn't happen either. Okay. So then Jesus is nothing. Yep. Not, not even real made up by the Romans completely. Really? Well, how come that happened 11 times in history? Never mind that now. Don't look there. What are you talking about? Well, that's how they did it. They copied. See, they copied off those other guys' paper. That's how they did it. That was probably made up too. And then they concoct a wild story that they would rather you believe. Well, you see, there's these aliens. And yeah, no, they're real. Uh, and uh, and these aliens and their, and their lizard people, and they've been in control of all of history. You know that? That's like saying the best trick the devil ever pulled is telling everybody he didn't exist. Well, how do we know that then? If he pulled that trick on us, we wouldn't know that. We wouldn't be having this conversation. So now we're going to believe that aliens exist, but Jesus doesn't. <laughs> right? And that aliens uh, have took control of all the knowledge on the planet, which they might have. That's the bad part is that there's always truth to the lies. But you see that they're using this truth and then casting doubt on it as, as well of even being real to say, well, Jesus was made up by the Romans. And that's because there's this ruling elite power that had been running the planet forever. OK, so we've been talking about that, too. So let's talk about that. Who are these people? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that's made up, too, see, by those lizard guys. And the lizard guys are made up by the CIA. Do you see how that's a circular argument and they're Jack, they're Jack Sparrow? That's why they wrote that entire, all those scenes with Captain Jack Sparrow confusing his, his men, who most of them were not very intelligent, and he was using the Jedi mind trick. And he would look at him and go, well, you don't even make any sense at all, mate. And he'd walk away and they'd all be confused and not know what the fuck just happened. That's what they're doing to the population of this earth. And, and everything that they base their theories on is a theory that they say is not real. <laughs> on its base and that it's fake so they're saying that things that people believe is real is not real and their proof of that is other things they claim is not real but now they're saying and it's, it's okay now and it's real for to fit this narrative and then when you go okay well let's talk about that well that's not real either that's made up and invented do you see and they just keep saying that about everything when you look at it they go not real and then you look at the well how do you know that well because of this that's like uh, the argument that some people have about about uh, dating things that they use, uh, you know, we use tree rings to date. And, and what's the tree rings based on? Carbon dating. Well, wait a minute. If you carbon date things, what's that based on? Tree rings. So hold on. So what you're saying is that you backed up the tree rings by carbon dating and you backed up carbon dating by the tree rings. 
But wait a minute. So that's like the chicken and the egg. And that, that's when they're like, you don't make any sense at all. There was this guy named Humpty Dumpty and he fell and he was an egg and he broke into a billion pieces and all the, all the king's men and all the king's horses. Because now we want you to believe for whatever reason, horses are alive and have a really good brain and they can help try and put a, a broken egg back together but that they couldn't do it. And so why would we say all the king's horses and all the king's men? Because what, what do the horses have to do with trying to fix the egg? Do you see? So, the, so all, everything is misinformation or disinformation, but there's truth in it is my point. Okay. There's truth always in every lie. There has to be some truth or you won't buy it a hundred percent right off the top. It sounds really really stupid. So when you're an adult, these things, which to most people who are not mentally an adult sound like, well, I guess they know what they're talking about. And so they're like, yeah, oh, okay. And it's a Jedi mind trick, whatever you want to call gaslight, whatever you want to call that it's, it's literally a mentalist working on you and using psychology against you. Okay. And that's the truth of it. So you have to look at everything in history. And now all the internet is the same way. If you use any search engine and you look something up, no matter what it is, I don't care what it is. You can make up a word and look it up. And there's going to be somebody who's going to tell you that it's not real. It doesn't exist. And that it's fake. No matter what it is, doesn't matter what it is. If you, if you create a gun and say this gun can kill people at 100 yards, you're going to have 35 people come on there and go, that gun doesn't kill anybody at 35 yards, and I'll tell you why. And they'll cast out on you uh, with your gun. And even if you have a video, they'll go, and that was doctored. That's a deep fake. And they just, no matter what, there's just people that that's all they do is, is try to debunk everything. And a lot of the times they lie. In their debunking, this is my point, okay? So, so their theories are just enough truth in the theory to get you to go, huh, okay, that's reasonable. And it's how they present it and how they talk. If you talk wild and crazy and your arms are flailing away, you could be talking about the Magna Carta and reading it to people or the Constitution of the United States of America, and you'll look like a mad person, a crazy person, a mental person out of your freaking ever-loving mind. But if you're calmly reading it to people and it's a lie, but you're very confident, very stoic and very calm, people will believe that lie. Well, he didn't look like he was lying. He didn't sound like he was lying. He didn't sound crazy. It's kind of scary. He actually sounded like he was telling the truth. These are the things that become apparent. That's why the term is there. It becomes apparent to you. As you ascend, you literally gain the ability of a bullshit detector and you start looking around and you're like, I can't believe that people actually believe that person when they talk at all, because it becomes very obvious. And that is not something, and this is my point of all of this, this is where I'm going with it. And that is not something that you learn by going to another country, although you will learn it no matter where you are in the world. So sometimes the catalyst is learning a different culture's ideology or spirituality. But the enlightenment that you learn is a global, universal, however you want to look at it, multiversal enlightenment that happens at a certain point. Your, your, every part of you changes as you ascend. You're tasting food, you're tasting music, you're tasting books, you're tasting friends, you're, you're tasting conversation, you're tasting 
everything, okay, changes as you ascend. And you, you realize that happens as you go. You start weaning people out of your life and things out of your life that are unnecessary or their or their energy is just the wrong energy that you don't want. And you start shedding off all negativity. And that happens anyway. Some of the people just leave on their own. So this is why I tell people, just like Peter GV, who's not in the audience, who posted, a, I guess it was a month ago or so now, a meme in, in um, uh, Return to the Old Ways. And he, I think he might have also posted it in a Law of One, which I haven't heard from Peter in a while, though. I'm starting to get concerned again. Uh, he disappears uh, sometimes. I don't know if he's up in the mountains, but uh, somebody try and get a hold of Peter. I'm going to check tonight. He's going to be up in a little while uh, there in South Africa. I'm going to make sure he's still with us. Um, because he joked about being arrested once uh, about three weeks ago. But he posted a meme that says, post what you will and let your friends list sort itself out. And I, I was just working with uh, with my ex-wife and um, told her the same thing. I see, I use that motto in real life. I will say what I will and post what I will and I am who I am. I sound like Popeye the Sailor. I am what I am. Gah, 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 gah. But I, I am who I am, and I will say what I say, and my family, my friends, and all lists on all media, social media, will sort themselves out. And if I have one friend only on all of those platforms, I'm still doing my job. It is only when I have nobody paying attention at all to what I'm saying. No one, zero. If nobody shows up, then I, then I go, okay, this message is literally not resonating with anyone on the earth. Okay. Well, Rick, and I know you're, you're not sold on the reptilians yet, but I, but they do exist. I know that <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I do know that I can't get into all the details, but, but um, for instance, the, I know that the cigar shaped UFO, UP, UAP, which I just found out who actually coined that phrase, by the way. Um, I'm not going to say who he is, but he was the head of um, the uh, research uh, team that was researching UFOs for the federal government that um, that uh, what's his name? Um, Taylor from um, uh, Skinwalker Ranch was um, he was on that group in that group. And that guy was his boss in that group. And they just had him on air last week on the Skinwalker Ranch, and he actually said on camera, I was the one who coined that phrase, because UFOs, everybody, that the connotation of that was little green men. So he changed that to UAP, uh, and that caught on and became the official narrative uh, term instead of UFO. It was UAP from that point on. Uh, so if you want to watch that, I'm going to get paid by them. So I'm not, I'm not promoting them like a commercial, like, cause I get paid. But if you want to watch the, uh, uh, the secrets of Skinwalker Ranch, and watch the episodes that came out last week um, here in America. I don't know where around the world if you see that show, but you can go on YouTube or, or something and watch it, I'm sure, or well, some other streaming um, um, broadcast or History Channel. I think they're on History Channel. Um, don't quote me on that. They could be on Lifetime or one of those other ones, but uh, they're all owned by the same people anyways. And my, my point of all this is that they had to change the narrative because the narrative keeps changing. And, and that cigar-shaped... UFO I've seen in, in person. So I know it exists. Um, I do know that we have cigar shaped UFOs, UAPs in uh, the federal government because the very first spaceships that were out in space going long term were in fact submarines. 
uh, and and they're modular, so they can make them bigger or smaller. And since they, you know, have upgraded and changed, they probably don't look exactly like a submarine anymore. Um, and they and I know that these these um, Draco have uh, those scar shaped black and gray um, UAPs, which I've seen over the years. Uh, you know, you have to remember that I was in the think tank of uh, Ancient Aliens Worldwide Think Tank before it was a, a public group. It's private again, but it was um, public for a long time until they changed the the rules on public um, back to anyone can post anything, and we couldn't have that because they would, everybody just spams you. Um, so we had to go private with the group again. But we just hit, by the way, 300,000 uh, members in that group in ancient aliens worldwide. So we're very happy with that. I don't have the meme to put up for you guys to show. I forgot to load that one. I should have. Uh, so my point here is, um, I actually saw one, uh, it was seven years ago and I was down in Southern California on my way to San Diego across the Southern border, literally skirting the border between Mexico and the United States on, I think that's highway two or something down there. I'm not sure. And you know, I'd have to look at the map, but it's the same route that the train tracks take when you for the movie that really happened to 310 to Yuma. So if you're literally the train tracks were going to Yuma and I was on my way uh, to Yuma to go through and I went over the, the uh, grapevine uh, into San Diego, which you go up the mountain and it's all rocky mountains and you go up 4,000, four and a half, I think it's 4,700 feet uh, to the top. And then you descend, bam, straight into the city of San Diego, which has the largest underwater submarine base and, and huge um, military bases. And I was um, moving to live in the harbor, uh, literally where I heard uh, the taps every morning and, and uh, everything when they lowered the flag and raised the flag. And, I, and I'll constantly, uh, when I was on my yacht moving around, I had to watch out for the Marines who'd come flying through like 10 times faster than they were supposed to. And you can't do anything about it. <laughs> right. However, when I was up on the mountain before I came down into California, um, I looked to my left and clearly floating in the air was a cigar shaped UFO um, slightly moving away from me heading south, heading south. And I was heading west at the time to descend into San Diego. And they were up in the mountains between the valleys uh, and they were literally not very far away from me. It was huge, um, but they were less than a mile away from me. And um, I was looking at it and driving and looking over at it and driving and looking over at it. And literally it just cloaked and vanished while I was looking at it. It was there and then it just disappeared. And it, there was no, and I have really good vision other than I have problems with reading right now. But I have I've always had really good vision of uh, 2010 instead of 20 and 2020. I've had, I had 2010, 2015 vision and um, I didn't see it move. So it didn't take off like at hypersonic speeds. Uh, and there was no propulsion apparent. It was just floating and moving uh, in the air. And then it just vanished, like literally was cloaked. But I saw it. It was real. Um, and, and, and because I have military training, worked for several governments in my lifetime. I've had to know what every aircraft looks like from every angle and every silhouette. And I had that stuff memorized and I still do except for the new stuff. But when it, when I ever I see something new and I hear what it is, I immediately memorize it still out of habit. 
And that was not any kind of aircraft that is known to this earth because it literally was cigar shaped and it literally was flat on both ends and it was rough and jagged uh, on purpose, obviously, so that it wouldn't uh, would not it would disperse radar signals for the same reason that the uh, stealth planes that we have here in America do what they do in the way that they are also um, rough at angles like your fractals. So crazy about that. Right. Uh, and Karen's talking about that now. She said, I watched a small video about it yesterday, too. And, uh, and But I didn't save it, though. That's that's too bad because I would have loved to have seen that, Karen. If you get a hold of it again, send it to me so I can watch it, please. Um, so if you do find it, forward it to me, please. So I would love to see that. But, yeah, so they do exist. And I know that the Draco does exist. So that's kind of scary. But, you know, whether or not they took control of the planet, that's still debatable. Rick, I'm with you. Uh, however, I do know that the evil people on this planet have attempted to do the very same thing and eradicate all of history. So it would not be beyond the scope of reason to think that an, another race of beings uh, living on this earth or in it would be trying to do the exact same thing that humans are actually doing now, currently, and have been for thousands of years. So why would they not be working with? I've also heard that little gray aliens, there's you know many different uh, groups of them that uh, the, the ones that are evil that are not that don't have a soul that are constructs, um, they're doing the same thing. So, you know, evil is what evil does, right? Stupid is what stupid does. Okay, let's continue and get on to Jesus here again, and then we'll move uh, with Raw past that. But I wanted to, I wanted to go on about that. Um, I didn't get into the temporal war. We'll cover that at another time. Maybe as we go here today, you'll see. So let's continue. Thus the one known as Jesus became aware that there dwelt in him a terrible potential. This entity determined to discover how to use this energy for the good, not for the negative. This entity was extremely positively polarized and remembered more than most wanderers do. 17.20 Questioner, how did this aggressive action against a playmate affect Jesus in his spiritual growth? Where did he go after his physical death? Ra, I am Ra, the entity you call Jesus was galvanized by this experience and began a lifetime of seeking and searching. This entity studied first day and night in its own religious constructs which you call Judaism and was learned enough to be a rabbi as you call the teach-slash-learners of this particular rhythm or distortion of understanding, at a very young age. At the age of approximately thirteen and one-half of your years, this entity left the dwelling place of its earthly family, as you would call it, and walked into many other places seeking further information. This went on sporadically until the entity was approximately twenty-five, at which time it returned to its family dwelling, and learned... Oh, twenty-five. I thought it was between twenty-one and twenty-three. But, you know... Who knows, maybe Raw's off a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, right? That, that, that happens, Rick. Rick said, damn, I popped out for two minutes. Yeah, that happened, bro. And then practiced the art of its earthly father. When the entity had become able to integrate or synthesize all experiences, the entity began to speak to other selves and teach slash learn what it had felt during the preceding years to be of an worthwhile nature. The entity was absolved karmically of the destruction of another self when it was in its last portion of lifetime and spoke upon what you would call a cross saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. In forgiveness lies the stoppage of the wheel of action, or what you call karma. 17.21 Questioner, then in which density does the entity known as Jesus now reside? I wanted to pause it there real quick and let him ask the question and then we'll get back to the answer. Because forgiveness 
then stops the wheel of karma and the action of penance or because of penance. So literally that is the same as what all religions are saying, that if you truly mean it, you're forgiven, but you have to truly mean it and truly be sorry just to say it and pretend that just convinces humans that they think that you are telling the truth. You know, it's like somebody saying, sorry, not sorry. You know what I mean? Truth is they're only saying those words because they're trying to not piss you off. But then they're like, at the same breath, they're like, sorry, not sorry. Or, you know, I'm sorry, fingers crossed. You know, they're, they're like, they literally are children at that point, And they're acting just like a five-year-old pretending. And if you're an adult, you see right through it. If you're not, you believe them. If they if they're a little bit more intelligent than you are, then then they you believe them. And if you're and if you're not, you know, and you're more intelligent, if, you, if they're more intelligent than you, you're gonna believe them. If you're more intelligent than them, you're not. You'll catch that. Sorry, I think I said it backwards the first time I looked up and saw what Peter had posted, and I was going through that in my head. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Here, let's continue here now. So so, uh, you know, where is it that Jesus resides, right? Ra, I am Ra. This information is harmless, though unimportant. This entity studies now the lessons of the wisdom vibration, the fifth density, also called the light vibration. 17.22 questioner, in our culture there is a great saying that he will return. Can you tell me if this is planned? Ra, I am Ra. I will attempt to sort out this question. It is difficult. This entity became aware that it was not an entity of itself, but operated as a messenger of the one creator whom this entity saw as love. This entity was aware that this cycle was in its last portion and spoke to the effect that those of its consciousness would return at the harvest. The particular mind slash body slash spirit complex you call Jesus is, as what you would call an entity, not to return except as a member of the confederation occasionally speaking through a channel. Okay, so that right there... That right there gets the churches saying that all of the law of one is crap. Okay. Because they're selling the rapture in most of your, in all the Christian, Western Judeo-Christian religions. That's their gimmick. That's what they have to sell to you. Is if you come here, you'll get into heaven. Send me money. Send me green. Heaven you will meet. Make your contribution and you'll get a better seat. Bow to leper Messiah. That's why uh, James Hetfield and the boys in Metallica. I say boys are all older than me. Men, they're not. They were never boys to men. They were always uh, older than me. <laughs> right? But that's why they wrote that. And that was back in the '80s when that song came out, like '82 or '80, between '82 and '84, right around this time when Raw came out. But that's not why they wrote it. They wrote it because of all the evangelicals um, preaching that. Because the churches are selling you that. That's what they're selling you. They're selling you salvation. They're not, they're not telling you that you can get there on your own. They're telling you you have to have them chuck water on your head to get there. But if you don't, if they don't throw water on your head and wave their hand in front of your face, that you're not going to get there. That's the selling point. They're selling you the salvation. Come here. Get in the seats, pay us tithings, and we'll make sure that you get a seat in heaven. They're not telling you, like Jesus was, or any other person, Muhammad, even Moses. They're not telling you any of that. Even King David, except for King David, had an ego and was like, I'm going to conquer the world because God told me so. God wills it. 
Yeah, Guy de Lucien used to say the same thing. Look what look what that got him. Okay. The lost the the Christians, the Holy Land from his ideology of just saying God wills it whenever he decided to attack someone. So evil people do that in the name of holiness, in the name of righteousness. And then they turn around in the same breath and tell you that their, their entire religion is fake. So any knowledge that goes against, and this is why I say that this is nothing new and everyone's like, oh my God, you know, there's this cancel culture that's reared its ugly head around the world. And if you go against the, the grain, they cancel you. They silence you. They won't. Do you know why they're doing that? Because they can't just kill you anymore. They used to just kill you. Look back in time in history. Jesus. They didn't like what he was selling, so they killed him. Socrates. They didn't like what he was selling, so they killed him. Mahatma Gandhi, they didn't like what he was selling, so they killed him. Martin Luther King Jr., they didn't like what he was selling people, so they killed him. John F. Kennedy, Abraham Lincoln. These people were assassinated around the world. Stephen Biko, around the world, assassinated. And why is that? Cancel culture forever. That's right. Cassie said it. She said it's been a cancel culture forever. And it's absolutely true. John Lennon, thank you, Rick, for reminding me. John Lennon writes a song and he's preaching about love, that all you need is love to the world. And they shoot him in the heart and kill him over it. Thank you for reminding me that, Rick. So, yeah, I mean, you could literally can, can look in history and see that every single person who spoke up against the powers that should not be, they murdered until this modern day. And they still will in some places if you can. Look at, I always say his name wrong. I feel bad about it because he's dead. Kamal Khashoggi. He's literally was a, was a, 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 a journalist who said some bad things about the prince and king of Saudi Arabia. So what did they do? They coaxed him into a, into a, being on their property in some country in a, in a uh, consulate and sent a wet team in to torture, film, and kill him. I didn't get to see the video, but I've heard the recording of his torture and, and demise. But I didn't get to see the video. That was too classified, I guess. All right. They weren't showing that. It was like the video for the people in the space shuttle that that crashed, that tried to take off and had the women on there and the teacher and it caught fire and fell into the ocean. They had cameras inside there that they were literally filming and they got and those survived and they literally watched them all burn to death and die. And um, some of them were alive into the water and died. I, I got to hear the recording of that as well, but didn't get to see the video. And I know that it was there and they only showed it to like the relatives who wanted to see it and everybody had to sign a, an NDA. Okay. But I heard the recording of, of Kamal Khashoggi's death and um, he, he did well for a minute, but they were, you know, they were torturing him. They cut his body parts up. It was horrific what they did to him. And then they then they spread his his body, which is what the King of England did to uh, Longshanks, did to um, uh, what's his name from Braveheart? Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, he was part of the Maculic clan, and in, in, in every Wallace William Wallace, he was part of the Maculic clan, 
And a lot of people don't know that. They all think that William Wallace was his own clan. He was part of the McCulloch clan. People don't know that. <laughs> that's like uh, that's like the uh, the Gregor from um, what was it? There was a movie with uh, Liam Neeson where he was in it. I can't think of the name of it right now. Uh, and he was actually part of the Gregor, the McGregor clan. Um, and But that wasn't what his name was. Uh, and he was also another legendary uh, character. Uh, in real history. But anyways, my, my point is that's what they did to William Wallace. They, after they cut his entrails out and tortured him, uh, they then disemboweled him. Uh, after they got done doing that, they cut his body parts up and hung his, I think it was his arms and his head from uh, London Bridge and then shipped his body parts all over Scotland and England for people to show everybody. And that's what the Saudi king did the same thing. Um, they, they claim the prince did it, and, you know, got a little cuckoo and, and did it, but he's the prince. And what are you going to do? I believe that it was the king, but the prince who will be king, uh, people should really be afraid <laughs> of, uh, you know, because they are very old world like um, Muammar Gaddafi was and like Saddam Hussein. Um, they're, they're very old world. Chop your head off, man. <laughs> Don't fuck with them. So my point here is that, you see them doing this and then changing this narrative and then they do these hideous things and they claim that they're doing them in, in for righteousness. And the entire time they're just doing it for control. Everything is control. And they, they literally would kill you back in the day. And in some countries still will. Uh, and if they, if they don't, and they can't get away with that because that's not uh, allowed in most of your uh, modern countries, then um, they have found that it's easier just to cancel you because it stops your voice. And they did the same thing. And this is what I try to teach people. If you look at, say, America, when America was, uh, or Australia, Rick, you're down there, you know how it was when you guys were a penal colony. I mean, you weren't there at that time, but you know the history. You live in the country. I'm sure they still teach it to you. And if not, the Aborigines will tell you about it. <laughs> right? If you can get somebody to talk to you, they'll tell you the story. I mean, you can look it up. So you know your own history and you know what you guys went through with the English crown and the English military before you were able to kick them out and take over the country for yourself. Uh, same thing happened in America. Obviously, we both have that in common. Um, but, you know, you, you look at what they did here and you have guys that signed the Declaration of Independence who literally had to had to buy an, a printing presses and manufacture their own uh, um, papers and books and uh, newspapers under pseudonyms, right, to get the word out to the population without being arrested for treason and tried for treason. So they had to hide because they were being silenced. Or back then, they had control of all the newspapers and and, um, and, and book manufacturers, and they were not allowing anyone to uh, to talk about being a free colony, uh, breaking away from England. And uh, and there was people that were literally complacent Americans. Uh, and literally, when the war, uh, when they when they signed the Declaration, and and in the thirteen colonies decided to go to war, it wasn't all thirteen. It was ratified by by like two first and then the others started falling in line and, but it was never a hundred percent. So it was literally a civil war uh, at the time, but people don't talk about that because they just call it the revolutionary war, but there was literally Americans fighting against Americans. And when the English got here, there was Americans joining to fight against their own people and informing on their own people. It was a television show a program that was um, a couple of seasons long. It was called turn T U R N. 
as in Nancy. And it literally is the true story of the spy ring working for George Washington when he was a general before he became the president during the Revolutionary War, during the occupation by the British and them fighting against the British and the spying that was embedded in all the cities fighting against their own people and informing on their own people and being informed on by Americans to the British uh, to uh, actually uh, win that. A lot of people think the only reason America won that was because they made a deal with the French. Uh, and that's a great part of it, but it's not the, the entire reason. The entire reason is, is because of the war, the French and American war, and, uh, and all of the colonists learning how to fight a guerrilla war, which America became one of the gods of war of that, guerrilla warfare for a long time, that they were taught by the Native Americans to, to fight instead of just standing up, going toe-to-toe, lining up shoulder to shoulder and having at each other the way war was fought because you were a slave, you were nothing. And they just put you up there and and told you be brave because you're an Englishman or an American or whatever country that you came from. And when America um, fought that way as a, as a guerrilla warfare uh, against that's what you guys did in Australia as well. You fought a guerrilla war to defeat them. That guerrilla war works better than any other kind of warfare ever because you don't go by the rules. There's no fucking rules in war. War is war. It's all oh, you have to have these. You can't shoot officers so they get to be alive always and send all the slaves out to die. Hell no. Shoot the fucking officers first. Some of those people, uh, 80% of them will, will get scared and run for their lives if they don't have officers whipping them with a whip. Shoot those officers in the skull. Put them out of their fucking misery. You do that long enough and they have to keep sending people more officers and eventually you get new guys. That's how you win. You don't win by going, oh, okay, let's just line up all of our, I'll bet. And that's when it gets to the slavery. And that's where, when I was a kid, literally, there was a guy that came in and was talking to my mom, who was an Oakland Raider fan, and he was a San Francisco 49er fan. And he literally said to her, I'll bet our niggers are better than your niggers. I'll, I'll, bet, I'll, I'll bet our niggers beat your niggers. That's what he said. And that was in the freaking 80s in this country. Racism still existed. But my point was, his attitude was, that same attitude that uh, there's an aristocratic elite and then they're slaves. Okay. And they still think that now that's my point. I'm not saying that slavery is done and over with and no one thinks like that. People say that there's still slavery in America. You're absolutely right, but it's no longer just one race. It never really has been except for during that time when they were openly trading and buying and selling slaves, then they didn't need to hide the uh, other stuff, but they were still, there were still slaves. Other races were slaves. I'm Irish. My people came to this country and, and your men and women were separated and the women became the servants in houses. And who do you think that the old uh, white aristocrats were uh, raping and having sex with and having children with? There's stories all over this country of Irish women uh, giving birth to their master's children. And the men were then put into the military and sent out on the plains of America to murder rape and pillage all of the Native Americans. This is absolute truth. And you know the same thing, Rick, there in, it happened in, in Australia with the Aborigines, with your natives. The government did the same thing to you guys, right? <laughs> so my point here is none of that's changed. So the cancel culture has always been in effect and they just change and they, they evolve with the times and their tactics evolve with what they need to, uh, to whatever your medium is. So today the medium is 
social media, not newspapers, not radio. Do you see? This is our new radio and newspaper. So this is what they're what they're doing. So nothing has changed. So it's just more people. And this is what my point of all of that is. All of you out there who are realizing it and saying, when did this start? It never it started when time started. OK, it started when time started. Right. Very. Yeah, Karen, you're absolutely right. Right. She said, remember Sanford and Son, if you're an American or ever watched American television, you know what she's talking about. Uh, if you're if you're too young to have watched it live, you saw it in reruns. Sanford and Son, all in the family, all in the family, especially it was super racist. That was the whole thing. And um, a CPO Sharky, which was a, a comedy with, uh, that was based on the Navy and and the and the, uh, you know, the CPO. Uh, which would be the equivalent of a sergeant in any other uh, uh, form of military. Uh, he was literally, or maybe a lieutenant, a, j- a junior grade lieutenant, second second uh, lieutenant. I think he was a sergeant, though. Um, he was a chief petty officer, which is a sergeant major, I think, or sergeant, not sergeant major, but sergeant, I think. In any case, uh, um, he was so freaking racist. The guy who was the comedian who played the part, his he was like Andrew Dice Clay was. In the 90s, he was super racist, and then that went out, and his career was over, and he had to retire because people didn't tolerate, didn't think it was funny anymore, his racial jokes. But that was a successful show. So was All in the Family. So was uh, Sanford and Son. Uh, very successful. And then, and then the, um, uh, All in the Family spawned, um, what was that one, uh, you know, moving on up, you know, uh, to the east side. I can't think of the name of it. Um, and that, that show was also racist. And that, that was, he was a wealthy, uh, successful black man living in 70s uh, America. And um, uh, because he was moved up to the east side of New York where the money was, and he had a lot of money in a, in a, uh, a big a townhouse in the sky, an apartment building on the whatever, 10th, 15th floor. Jefferson's, thank you, Karen, the Jefferson's. Um, then everybody was racist. They all were, were, you know, looking at him. What are you doing here? Are you, are you working here as a handyman? Uh, and, and because he owned dry cleaners all over New York and he was rich. Uh, and so he moved away from the racist neighborhoods and moved into the rich neighborhoods and he had the same racism happen there. But he relished in the fact that he was just as rich as they were and living in the same, right? And then uh, Celeste said the same thing, the Jeffersons. Thank you, Celeste. Uh, and, and he relished in the fact that they couldn't touch him because he was one of them. And and that I liked because they were moving away from racism. But the problem was they were kind of spawning reverse racism by doing so, right? Um, by by having them kind of take the revenge. But they needed it. The culture needed it and was okay. But the problem is that it just hasn't gone away. It's still there. They just have gone underground. I was literally just watching. I found this curious. I was literally just watching uh, um, yesterday. I hadn't. I haven't actually finished it yesterday and the day before because it's two and a half hours long. Uh, Above Majestic. I hadn't seen Above Majestic since 2019 or 2020. Uh, I have a really good memory, but I still will watch things over just to brush up and make sure I didn't miss things. Uh, and I started watching it, and I noticed because it's free on YouTube now, so you can actually go to YouTube and look up Above Majestic and watch it for free. And I'm I'm sitting there watching it, and out of out of everything said in that uh, in that above majestic talking about aliens, talking about corruption, the cabal, the rich elite, the conspiracy theory, everything that I've said, literally talked about today. 
not 100%, but I have in the last three shows talked about just about everything that was on that. It's one of the reasons why I went back to listen to it because and watch it again because I was like, you know, I've been talking about all this and they talked about all this. And I wonder if I missed anything. One word, one single solitary word was edited out of the volume, but still left in on the screen when you have the, the subtitles on. One word. He said the word pedophilia. And Google will not allow the word pedophilia from that movie to be on the air. Or the people who recorded it and are playing it did that. But someone edited because that was not edited out. Yeah, thank you, Karen. So I love Above Majestic. So do I. Great, great documentary. Uh, the other one that you should watch is Packing for Mars. A lot of the people from Above Majestic were in Packing for Mars as well and talked about more stuff. Uh, there were Because uh, Packing for Mars was more about the 20 and backs and the super soldiers. Uh, so they weren't talking about the, uh, the uh, cabal and the people as much. Uh, so it was literally the other side of the coin of the same coin, though, right? Uh, so it's not the opposite. But it, there's a lot more information. I've actually uh, interviewed the creator and, uh, and director of um, Packing for Mars a few years ago on this show and had a very good conversation with him. He said it was one of the best interviews he ever did because I didn't just ask him about Packing for Mars. I actually asked him to tell the story of his evolution into and getting to the point of making Packing for Mars and all the other movies that he had made. Uh, but prior to that and his evolution into uh, learning about the uh, breakaway society and aliens and, and all of that. Uh, and he was like, nobody asked me that. They always just focus on whatever movie I have and ask just about that. He said, I love that you did all of that. Cause I got to tell my whole life story. Uh, and I don't know that anyone's done it since. Uh, it, but I felt, I always feel that people need to do that because you need to know more about them as well as just what they're talking about. Okay. So, Yes. And so Cassie said, you know, wow, I, I, it's crazy to hear about those kids and, and everything that's still going on. That's why this is what I was talking about when uh, we were talking about how they're rolling things out when Karen said that earlier. And I said, that, um, or no, I'm sorry, that was was that on, on live or was that on the chat? <laughs> that they're, they're trying to roll out the narrative uh, of UFOs, but they're controlling the narrative because they don't they're trying to, to turn it away from and figure out how they can say and acknowledge that aliens exist. Uh, and and justify having this breakaway society without telling you about the slaves, slave labor and trade uh, uh, human bodies and people for either slave labor uh, um, or uh, food or, or uh, sex slaves and, and the like. Uh, they don't want you to know about that and the atrocities that they've committed against the human race. So they're trying to roll this out in a way that if they would prefer to do the false flag alien invasion, uh, because they don't have to tell you anything else. Just aliens have invaded. It's a good thing that we have these spaceships we didn't tell you about. And we can now we have to re, you have to unite under one world government to fight off these evil aliens. That's exactly what that how they lost the planet to begin with. That's exactly that how the Orion Crusaders came here and and took control of this earth. They came here and said, there's this alien race that's that's here to get you and we're here to, to help you. And then in 1938 uh, or, you know, or whatever that was, 48, when when 1948, when Roswell happened or whenever whatever that year that was, 48, 
Um, then, then the narrative was there was already these people that owned you because that was the exact same time. See, this is why I bring this up when I talk about Zachariah Sitchin. He translated the Mesopotamian scrolls in 1948 and said there was this race of people or this Anunnaki was the, the god Anu. And literally at the same time, the CIA has this alien who is telling a story on the same year that he's translating the same exact information that you guys were already slaves when we got here and we conquered and are fighting against them and we're wiping them out. And we're your new slave masters, but we're not here to free you. We're going to leave you slaves because we're on our way to the center of the galaxy to take over this entire uh, galaxy. Uh, and, and who knows, maybe if we feel like it, we'll come back and free you. But everything that's your entire prison is breaking down and, and you guys can get out if you just know how to do it. And she was giving the secrets out as to how to do that without saying it out loud. And I went through that and did 28 episodes, 28 weeks of that, uh, that classified information that was leaked to myself and a few other people uh, around the world. Uh, from the woman who uh, was undercover hiding at the time and had this information because she was the person who actually channeled back in 1948, the nurse who had the ability to communicate with this alien through telepathy. And uh, so the CIA in the federal government, the military hired her and gave her a promotion and a rank from just a nurse to a lieutenant, <laughs> second degree lieutenant. Uh, in the military and uh, a pension and all this money and her job for uh, three to six months was to uh, ask the questions that they had written down and get answers and write them down and bring them back to them as they all sat and watched on camera from the next room. And literally she uh, stole the information and rewrote the things that she remembered from the conversations because she had a decent memory and put it all back out there. And people say she made it all up just like they do with everything to discredit. Uh, I was all made up. That's fake. That's just nothing. There's nothing there. There's nothing there at all. It's fake. Just like the, the guy that, that found the paperwork in the library in France about the Priory of Zion con, uh, protecting the, the seed of Jesus, which was told in, uh, in history like eight different times going backwards in time that you can actually find those books currently on the planet and read the exact same story. So they're saying, well, he read all those books and then just made this up. And pretended, but yet when you actually look in history at the things that the people did and said, who were supposedly the on the list as as Priory of Zion members, they acted as if they were doing exactly that. And that's why Dan Brown uh, wrote his his um, um, what if book, uh, the Da Vinci Code, that became the movie, because he was like, "What if that's true? Then this is what would be happening today." That's why I did the same thing with the, my uh, Orion Rising book. Uh, and it turns out it is true. I was told afterwards that everything I was writing was more from memory uh, and channeling than it was for me making it up. Uh, so that's kind of scary uh, that it literally is going on exactly <laughs> the way my book was written and actual places. And I, was, and I realized that because I suspected that at the time. Uh, literally where I lived in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area and in Queen Creek, Arizona, uh, that that story takes place in both of those areas. And I now know that both of those areas, I lived within a mile, literally within a mile of underground military base. And I went back and watched uh, the, the video because it was on uh, Above Majestic and uh, talking about the number of underground videos. And he put that out in like uh, 
2005, just before he died. And he said that there was 131 underground military bases in the United States alone, and that there was over 1,200 or 1,300 military bases underground around the world that he was aware of, because that was what his job was, was to build them. He actually, his job, he was the contractor who built, drilled into the mountains with the big, huge uh, boring devices and created the place where they built for them to build military bases in. That was what he did. And he was a whistleblower and they killed him for it, killed him over it. Okay. So the cancel culture, getting back to that with all these different stories, getting back to on point and why I told you all these stories is the same as it ever was. They just, if they have to, they kill you, Nikola Tesla. If they have to, they kill you. And if they can get away with just silencing you, they'll do that. And they attempt to kill you and make it look like natural causes all the time. I've been told that four uh, times at least in my life in the last 10 years that they have tried to murder me four times. And I know for a fact because I almost died every time. Okay. But every time I thought it was just something that was happening and I was told either while it was happening or just after it was happening or sometimes prior to the event that they're, they're trying to kill you. Why? Because of what I published in my book and what I've been talking about and then what they know I'm going to continue doing in the future. Okay. So they've literally tried to kill me. Will they attempt it uh, again? I have more protection now, I believe, than I did then. But, you know, you never know. Anything could happen. So if you're not taking care of yourself and you're in this line of work, it's part of, uh, you know, the defense against the dark arts. When you become a target, you have to make sure that you're actually doing things properly for your body, mind, and soul. Because if you're not, they'll find those weaknesses and exploit them. And, you know, that happened to a buddy of mine. The perfect storm happened to him not too long ago in February, and he died. And no one really knows how. They, they say, oh, it looks like natural causes. But, they, you know, then I don't know that they did an autopsy, and I haven't looked into that because, uh, you know, at this point I don't really want to, only because I'll get mad if I do, I'm sure, because I'll find something in there that I don't agree with. Uh, because the way it happened, how it happened and when it happened was the only time it could have happened was exactly the perfect storm. And I know it only takes one. So the truth is you could say coincidence all day long. But that's why he died, because it was the perfect storm. Yeah, but the, but the reasoning and how that came to be didn't happen naturally. There was outside influences. Okay. And they were suspect. So I'm I'm looking into it, but not from the not from the third dimensional perspective, because I don't believe that that's where the answers lie. So um, working with the council off world, I'm getting information about that and pretty sure that it was a murder was an assassination. So, okay, let's continue. However, there are others of the identical congruency of consciousness that will welcome those to the fourth density. This is the meaning of the returning. 17.23 questioner, you spoke of the alleviation of karma being forgiveness. R, R. I'm having a hard time phrasing this question. I think I'll have to come. Yeah, Rick. Sorry, guys. I'm pausing because of what Rick said. He said, uh, oh, he just realized, bam, it just hit him. He said, oh, I had a random information hit my head yesterday at the pub 
concerning three, six, and nine. I'll show it in the in the chat in the chat groups. He's talking about the Orion Rising, uh, or, or I'm sorry, no, he's talking about the Law of One class chat on Messenger. So please do, Rick. We can have that conversation after uh, after we get off live, right? I'll I'll look at that and we can go down that road. So let's continue. So that, that's how things do like that. They come in and you go, what? How did that hit me? Where'd that come from? All right, let's continue. Back to it. I'll ask this other question. Can you tell me why the Earth will be fourth density positive instead of fourth density negative after the cycle is complete since it seems that there is a greater negative population? Ra, I am Ra, the Earth seems to be negative. That is due to the quiet, shall we say, horror which is the common distortion which those good or positively oriented entities have towards the occurrences which are of your space slash time present. However, those oriented and harvestable in the ways of service to others greatly outnumber those whose orientation towards service to self has become that of harvestable quality. 17.24 questioner. Okay, see, so even back in, in the 80s, 1981, 1982, literally it appeared even then that there were more negative people than positive on the earth, but it's just not true. Okay? If we outnumber them, literally thousands to one it's it's only at most 14 percent, but it's usually less than that it's between eight and 11 percent on average that's it but but you have to remember that those who seek power and money are evil and those people are the one percenters that you hear about and that one percent of the population owns 99 percent of all wealth and that doesn't just mean cash that means all companies all property, all everything, media companies, multimedia companies, news agencies, newspapers, magazines, radio stations, book publishing companies, everything. So because that 1% owns everything and controls everything, they control the narrative. So they give the impression that there are more evil people in the world than there are Negative. And they literally, I talked about this, literally I had this happen where there was a woman who had murdered somebody the day before and was hiding in the in the um, complex where my office was. And we were the property management company that owned that complex. And she was hiding there. And um, literally a woman watching the news, her son lived there and she realized that that woman was her son's caregiver who was a caregiver of another elderly woman who had, she just murdered that woman and they were looking for her. And she knew that that woman was there and she called the police and said, I'm watching the news. And this woman is there with my son currently. So we had no idea of any of that. We didn't get any heads up. And all of a sudden I walked outside with my boss to go and smoke a cigarette because I used to smoke back then. And I went, I looked around and realized that there was cop cars everywhere and sheriff's deputies and was like, uh oh, something's going on. And, and I went and the cops wouldn't talk to me. I had to finally find a sheriff's deputy that I knew because I was working with sheriff's deputies back then. And they were telling, they told me what was going on. And I immediately saw helicopters, news people. So we ran back, went in the office, closed the office, called corporate. And they said, pretend you're not there. Put a uh, you know recording saying no comment. Talk to corporate and don't talk to anybody. And uh, literally, we watched it on the news while it was happening and unfolding. The reason I say that is that they were there the entire day. The news agencies going door to door and filming everybody that would talk to them for the cameras. 
And out of all of that that they did for probably seven, eight hours after the fact, they uh, they that night aired a 10 second spot from one person who lived next door to them because he had said negative things that would scare the population of everyone. And he had said, when they said, how does that make you feel living next door to somebody who you just found out murdered somebody about living here? Oh my God, it scares me to death. He bought into it and said what he needed to say to get on television. And even he was angry because he said, I literally, I talked to them for, they interviewed me for like a half an hour. And another lady said they interviewed me for an hour and they kept trying to get me to say negative, scary things. And I wouldn't do that. And they never put her on the air because of it. So they only air the narrative they want you to, the fear that they want you to, to know. They don't air anything. People who said, no, nah, it didn't bother me that they caught her. So, you know, she didn't kill anybody here and she was a murderer. And because of that, she's going to go to jail. None of that got aired. The one guy whose name was Leo, too, by the way, Leo as well, by the way. The one guy who said, scares the hell out of me living next door. I don't know, you know, if, if I'm going to get killed. People are so superstitious. If somebody gets stabbed in a park, they won't ever go to that park anymore. The guy who stabbed them got caught and he's in jail but they'll still won't go to the park because they're afraid someone's going to stab them now because now it's the park's fault that if I go there, I'm going to get stabbed. That's how children think. That's how animals think. Animals will do that. They'll avoid a certain area. Be, you know, literally crows are smart enough to do that as a whole, as a society. One crow gets killed by a predator in an area. They'll change their migratory pattern to avoid that area and they will never go back to that area unless chased back to it because they, they believe there's a predator there. That's the mindset of a little teeny pea brain in a, in a uh, blackbird or a crow. Okay, Humans will do the same thing. You Literally here in the United States, you have African-Americans who, who say white people are crazy because whenever there's some sort of event that happens, black people are running away from the whatever it is. And white people turn and go the other direction to go see what's going on. And they say that white people are crazy because of it, but they just, they, they literally will tell you, I just run with the herd. So, it, so if, it, and here's the thing, okay. If you know anything about military tactics, okay, you can watch, there's a movie. I don't remember what the name of it was. It was one of those movies, um, Uncommon Valor, I believe. And there was a guy in there they called Blaster and his, his whole entire, that what he did was he was the guy that would, blow people up with, with shit devices. Okay. And he literally would, would orchestrate the most mass casualties he could uh, oppose on the enemy by using psychology and knowing where and how humans would turn and run from an event to create an event that they would run into to kill more of them and then cause them to run where he wanted them to run to kill yet more of them. So that in the end, if he was attacking 150 people, he would murder all of them in less than 35 seconds because they would only go in the directions that he wanted them to go trying to run to safety. And they didn't know that they were running into their ultimate doom. My point here is that if you are paying attention and you are looking at the herd, you can guarantee how the herd is going to disperse from ground zero 
of whatever is going on. And if you plan that event, you can control where they're going to go and inflict even more casualties. So that kind of thinking of I'm just going to run with the herd if they if you don't know if that's their plan. Do you see? So if you immediately just go, I don't know where everybody's running. They're just running away from something. I have to run with them. That's what animals do. And sometimes when there's a forest fire, they think they're running away from the fire and they're running to it. And then they get trapped and they all burn to death because they're not looking around and figuring out where they are and what they're doing to be safe. They're just running with the herd. Humans, a lot of humans do the same thing. Now, I'm not saying that you should not run away from danger, but, but I was trained to always think. Okay? And if you are running with the herd and that's what they want to happen, you're going to run directly into death. So you have to pay attention to and, and assess the situation. What is happening and why before I take off running? Take cover. Take cover. But you don't have to just run blindly with the herd and just follow them wherever they're going because that's how animals run off cliffs. Do you see? That's my point of this. Why is all of that? Have, what does that have to do with any of this? All of that has to do with your being aware of yourself and your surroundings and not just being an automaton, because that's what they're trying to do is program you so that you will just uh, react to what they're telling you to. And then they punish you if you don't do exactly what they want you to do. And that's my point of this. So like in combat where they steer you and then hammer you again and again, this is what they do on social media and in, in media around the world now is they, they hammer you to get you to run away in a certain direction. And then they hammer, they've already planned to hammer you over and over as you're running away to make people believe in you less and less and less. And they use the same exact tactics every single time. Those of us that pay attention that are tacticians, we see this and they use the same arguments. If you're a white person and you go against the grain in this country, you're automatically a bigot, a racist, you're anti-Jewish, uh, uh, anti-gender uh, 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 neutral, all, all of these things automatically. And then they're teaching kids that if you were born that way, you're automatically that anyways. Okay, that's racism. But my point of this is, whether you agree with that stuff or not, or whether you think it's happening or not, right? It, it only goes back to, and this is what's going into my book, it only goes back to all the truths we cling to depend greatly upon a, a certain point of view. Ours. Your truths, what you think is true, is not necessarily what actually is true universally at all. They are aware of that. And they know that and they use that against you. That is exactly my point of all of this. Okay. So, right. And, and this is exactly, look, look what Cassie's saying right there on the screen. And I'll read that to you for those of you that are listening around the world in MP3. But it, but it, the mass group, hold on. <laughs> but it's, but it's mass group of enlightened souls changing the vibration of the earth in a giant positive manner and all ascending together at the same time. But it won't be as, as night and day as it sounds. It will be subtle. It'll be subtle things. So her point is, and my point is, that the changes are happening, but they're not as apparent because, right, because they control the narrative. So you have to actually pay attention 
and and you'll see that things have and are changing. That's Cassie's point and mine. Uh, that that you know, and, and like she was saying, many people are ascending, right? It's part of the great awakening. Well, it's part of everyone's awakening, but yes, it's part of the great awakening because that's what's happening. So you guys have to realize that I even though me pointing this stuff out is hard enough, just me pointing it out points you in a fear direction. Okay. And that's why Cassie's making sure to, to show you. And, and that's why I'm reading you what she's saying, that the reason I'm telling you this is that if you're actually paying attention, you can actually see past the trees and find the forest. They know that that you that some people get blinded by what they're looking for and they're you're trying to, you know, you can't see the forest through the trees, right? Where's the forest? I don't know. Those trees are in the way. I can't find it. And so that's literally an acronym that, that you know, that is a, a parable that is literally saying that it's right in front of your face, but you don't know what to look for. And what you're looking for, what you think you're looking for is not necessarily what you actually should be. And because they know that and they're only giving you the negative. So you have to, to combat and be aware. The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. You have to be aware that what they're saying to you is a narrative. And it's not paranoia that makes people like me say that to you. We sound like that. And that's one of the reasons why I don't always talk openly about that and the, and the, uh, you know, the powers that should not be. Because as soon as I do, then they go, conspiracy theorist. <laughs> and if they already have that programmed in your mind, you immediately think that about me. Uh, and, and you take a side. And that's what they want you to do is fight. And take a side. So they want you to think I'm a Republican if you're a Democrat. And if you're a Republican, they want you to think I'm a Democrat. And whatever the, the progressive and conservative party is in your country, uh, they want you to do the same thing. And they don't care which side you pick because both sides they control. They are the same. They just divvy up the sides to give you the illusion of freedom and the illusion of fighting for something. You have to become aware of all of that. That's why their way of life is dying and that's why things are so bad apparently because they want you to believe that the whole world's coming undone because theirs is their world and their control is slipping out of their grasp and they know it so they have to punish you and everyone else tina welcome they have to punish you and everybody else and, and get you to stop looking and seeing and living the ideology of ascension completely by discrediting anybody and everybody and everything and saying that it's all not true and that everybody hates each other and there's racism and there's all this other stuff that they talk about on every television channel worldwide, on every media outlet worldwide, on every social media worldwide. 1% of the population owns 99% of everything. And they're the ones that are that are telling that narrative. All right, let's continue. We're still talking about Jesus here. In other words, there will be fewer negative entities being harvested into fourth density than there will be positive. Is this correct? Ra, I am Ra, this is correct. The great majority of your peoples will repeat third density. 17.25 questioner. Okay, see, so again, right there. That's why it was perfect for me to start right there. Literally, so he says, Don says, so there's more souls that are in service to others, good souls that are actually going to be harvested than bad souls. Yes. Yes. 
more negative souls will repeat third density than 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 positive souls have the ability to either stay or go. Okay, so that right there, in and of itself, should tell you something. That should tell you that what we're what we're talking about is true. That literally, all you have to do is make the changes in yourself. Okay, and this is what what Cassie's talking about right here when she said, "Remember, beautiful souls, that we're all here on this planet, and even in this group, because of love and light." Right, the opposite of of that is fear. Right, it's good to be educated of of what the opposition is doing, but always remember that light is stronger. You should also realize, and this is a lot that we'll get into tomorrow when when I'm on uh, the show with Jacqueline on her show tomorrow at noon Pacific commercial, at noon Pacific uh, daylight time, West Coast, United States. That's GMT minus seven or 3 p.m. East Coast, North American continent. Uh, on Jacqueline's show, you can go to, to my um, uh, page uh, uh, from myself on Facebook and get the link there to be there tomorrow. We will be talking about uh, this very thing and about living because when you change yourself and your vibration, you don't have to do anything else. People are like, well, how, how do I, what, what do I do? And a lot of people are asking the questions, what are we supposed to do? This is going in my book, and this is going to be the message going forward to the world from the entire coalition uh, and the many coalitions, off-world and on-world. And we're literally, Vanessa said, I was sleeping. Welcome. Wake up. Wake up. Time to wake up. Wake up, Vanessa. So, because we're trying to wake everybody up, right? We're all sleeping too. That's funny. She says, I was sleeping. We are all sleeping. This is the dream, Vanessa. This is the dream, not the reality. When you're sleeping, you're actually more awake than you realize you are until you wake up. So, <laughs> right? Um, right. Yeah. Cassie says, like Leo always says, know your enemy, but don't fall into their fear tactics and play their games. That's what they want you to do. They want you to fight them uh, in some way. So you, they want you to choose a side and, and join the, their religion and join that war. Because that is where the battle is lost for you. The second you say, we have to defeat evil, they have won. Because that is their, that's their wheelhouse. Fighting and war is evil. So for you to engage them in a conflict and the ideology of it's me versus you and that you're the external enemy. That is third dimensional reality thinking, and it is the trap. Do you see? So they want you to physically, because then they can physically dominate you, destroy you, imprison you, take away your rights, and stick you in a prison and, and control you for the rest of your life, like the Uyghurs in China. That's why they want you to do that. If you don't do any of that physically, what are they going to do? Mahatma Gandhi taught an entire nation of people in India to just not do what they tell them to do. Just stop moving and sit down. No, not going to do it. And in the beginning, they just started beating people and whipping people and they got scared and went back to work. But eventually everyone sat down and you know what happened? The empire of England packed up their shit and left. That's not a joke. That really happened. But before that happened, an evil man took out his gun and shot Mahatma Gandhi through the heart over it, killed him. However, 
that solidified their freedom. He became a martyr and everyone put down their tools and did not resist and did not fight and did not comply. That is how you beat them. You beat them in a pocketbook by not buying their products. Look at what Budweiser might go out of business. The only reason that Anheuser-Busch is still in business is because no one in the Anheuser or Bush family owns that corporation anymore. And it's the Brazilians who own it now. And they own probably half of the companies on the earth that create uh, beer and a bunch of other stuff. So that company's being propped up, but it's, but it's going under. Why? Because they were going down this woke agenda, agenda and people around the world decided we're not going to buy your product anymore. And they've lost billions, hundreds of billions of dollars. Target just did the same thing. And guess what? People stopped shopping there. And I hope they continue. Why? Because people are like, oh, no, no, we can't do that. Because there's, you know, I mean, people, good people work for these companies, drivers and, and people, stock per personnel and people who manage the stores and run the stores. And they're all going to lose their jobs. Yeah. And another company is going to take over the spot that they had a need to hire those exact people with that exact training for them to get there. That is a lie that people will tell you. There's a guy that has a video that's out. I think Peter, you shared it where he was like, this is a narrative to destroy all the infrastructure of America and all the corporations and the corporations that if this is the truth of the conspiracy theory, the people who own those corporations are the very people, the one percenters. Oh, but they're destroying their own companies on purpose to destroy America. So the, their fat cow that gives them all of their riches, they're now going to sacrifice just so they can take total control somehow? No, man. They're not going to shoot themselves in the foot. What they'll do, what happens is that this very, here's what happens, okay? There are a billion other corporations out there that are just like Target, that are just like Anheuser-Busch. There are other beer companies that are number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12, and 13, and 14, and 15, all the way down to 100. They're all still making product. If Anheuser-Busch goes out of business, everyone who's buying that beer is going to buy someone else's. So all those people who lose their jobs are going to just change names and they're going to be out of work long enough for another company to go, well, we just picked up the slack and became the number one beer seller in the world. We need more pro people. And guess who they're going to hire first? They're not going to hire Walt, the janitor, who they have to train. They're going to hire the people from that company that already have the, the, the experience. Oops, move over here. You now work for Coors, Miller. Okay, do you see my point? And here's an example in nature. Okay, here in the United States, I don't know about the worldwide, but here in the United States back in the 2000s, um, because of pesticides, but no one knew this right away, the honeybee, which is the European honeybee, which came from Europe with the monks when they came to the United States and then took over the population of, of uh, uh, people in the United States or, you know, bugs in the United States that were pollinating all of the uh, plants for us. They became close to extinct in this country and nobody could figure out why. And even the guys at Ben and Jerry's started spending money because 
without the honeybee pollinating all of the plants, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, they wouldn't be able to have any ice cream because they couldn't have any flavors and a lot of other things. So then people started getting scared. Scientists were like, well, if the honeybee dies out, the European honeybee, which is already a billion times overpopulated on the planet, if they die out, we, we don't have to have worker bees. We'll have to have humans going out and actually pollinating plants or we'll die as a species. And I said, no, no, that's not going to happen. Nature will take its course. And everyone's panicked. And then all of a sudden, the population of bumblebees and all other insects and animals that do the same thing flourished and tripled in population at the same time, at the exact same rate that the European honey, honeybee was declining and dying off. And when that happened, they figured out, because they could stop panicking, they figured out that there was a pesticide that they were spraying plants with, and that was actually killing the only the European honeybee, but no other uh, life form. So they had to change the chemistry of the pesticide, and then the, the European honeybee started uh, flourishing again. But they were on the protected species list for about um, eight to ten years. It just got off the list. Okay. My point here was that they were like, this is it. This is a global killer. They weren't telling you guys that. <laughs> Some of you in this audience, probably most of you in this audience, know about that when it was happening. Anna, welcome. I didn't see you there until I just happened to look at the at the thing. And Tina, I didn't see you either. Welcome. So, so a lot of you don't know, don't know, probably don't even know that, that it was happening. And if you did, you may not know everything of what I was just saying. Okay. So the literally uh, that was happening, and and those of us who were scientists were looking at that and going, no, it won't be a planet killer. The other insects who do that will just take over. And then all of a sudden here in, in this area of the United States in California, all of a sudden when you walked outside, instead of seeing little honeybees flying around, you saw bumblebees, which scared people because you never used to seeing, uh, you know, a 500 bumblebees in one area when normally you would see two or three, and then you would see 400 uh, uh, honey, uh, European honeybees. Uh, and, but that's what happened. Okay, so the same thing happens with companies and corporations. When one dies, no matter how big it is, all those people are going to lose their jobs. Oh, they're never going to find a job ever again in their entire life now is what you're saying? No, that's not going to happen because someone else will become the not top dog. And therefore, they're going to have to expand. And all other trickle-down economics. That's why they hated Ronald Reagan when he came up with that ideology. Trickle-down economics. So the name of this dinosaur... And Heiserbusch may fall. Someone else is just going to take its place. And all those people are going to re be redistributed and be just fine working at other companies or even within the same cor corporation under different names. Because then Heiserbusch is owned by the Brazilian company that owns Stella Antoine from France and, and, um, and Red Stripe from, uh, from uh, the Bahamas and, uh, and a bunch of other. You can look that up. That's just like Frito-Lay. Frito-Lay owns like 90% of the potato chips in the United States and around the world, companies, corporations. Um, th that's why they do that. So it doesn't matter. They just, the, the big, large company name that you're used to brand goes under and their conglomerates just hire everybody up. That's all. So, but the, but the thing about that is that emboldens you and me and everybody else and shows us that we actually have the power. So they have to convince you that that's harming yourself. 
And that's when you and when you hear somebody claiming that that's just they're doing that to destroy the infrastructure of America to take control. And it's part of the communist plot. They're they're not going to destroy themselves. And if you look into it and see if that's what they're doing, look and see who owns that company. You'll find they're doing the same thing. So they're trying to destroy their own company, knowing that they're just going to shift power to another part of their own company. So they're not going to allow themselves to be destroyed completely and take over. They have to let you think that something's happening so that you then this is the Hegelian dialectic all over again. They, they set the, 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 the scary thing in motion, which was their plan. And then they distribute you to run away from the storm or the bomb. And you're running to the exact direction they want you to run so that they can just, they can change your direction again and either kill you off more or take more control. All of that is still the same plan. So this is literally just a parable of all the parables that I've been telling you so far. I'm trying to do seven again. <laughs> okay. So, so literally you have to, but you have to see that you have the control and ignore them and let it happen. If Target goes away and is never a corporation and closes all of its doors, every single person that works for Target will be out of work for a short period of time and they'll all go to work for somebody else. That, that company, probably the parent company of that company owns. Do you see? But the thing here that is the underlining factor is that we, the people, chase them like a ghost. And they don't want that. If we say, no, you're not going to teach my children to hate me and to hate the world and to hate each other. I'm not going to allow it. They're going to push back on you and try to scare you into submission. And if you don't get scared, they'll change their tactics. And then they'll say, well, we have to close that school and you guys won't have anywhere to go. Not true because they need your money because you pay money. The schools and the corporations who own the schools and the counties and the cities and the states that, that your kids go to get paid money because you go there. You pay your tax dollars to them. They are businesses. They will not close and leave unless somebody who's left behind that you're going to shop at is owned by them too. But they'll pretend. That's it. We're Walmart and we're going to close up shop and let you guys dry up and you're not going to have any jobs in this town. Look at who owns that corporation and see if they actually do that. Are they hurting themselves? Are they hurting you? No, because you're going to go to work for their competitor and chances are they, they own the competitor as well. This is what they were talking about in Above Majestic with these global banks that they were that they pretend even on the stock market that they're uh, that they're uh, uh, fighting against each other for to be who the top dog is, and they're literally communicating with each other and making up the plan that now this time you have to start losing money and we'll gain the money and, and be the top dog for six to eight months and then they'll we'll have this scandal. And then uh, we'll lose money and you'll gain money the entire time. They know it and they're moving their assets back and forth, buying and selling insider trading to know when to buy. And they do that on purpose so that the stock goes down and you lose money. And then they buy all the product and then they have a scandal on the other side, which they pulled all their money out of and put back into the one that just had the scandal. And then this profit goes up when you have hedge funds. Literally corporations called a hedge fund that their job is literally to tank stock options on purpose of companies when they decide which one needs to go. And that's legal in the trading world. That should tell you that there is insider trading because their job 
someone tells them this company's stock needs to go under and they make it happen. So who is telling them that and who's benefiting from it? Do you, do you see that you have to just look and you can see what's going on? So when the people do the same thing, which they did with Robin Hood, if you guys are around long enough to remember Robin Hood a few years ago, <coughs> citizens around the world decided to bet against a hedge fund who they, who they were like, hey, this is what they're going to do. And they're going after this company. So we need to go after them. And it almost it blew up. And they literally, the rich fat cats had to go to the owners of Robin Hood and tell them, turn them off to stop them. Why? Because a group of people got together and became like a hedge fund and operated like a hedge fund without the permission of the rich people. And they literally were destroying the rich. They had to fucking stop that right now. And they had to then change the rules so that people couldn't get together and do that, so they could stop people. So only they get to do that. Do you see? So my point here is that we that and they that right there tells you how much power we have, and this is what we're trying to show you. Don't worry about the consequences and say, "Oh no, if Target goes out of business, we won't have Target ever again." No, you won't. You'll have another company just like it with a different name that they probably own. And if they don't own it, someone else does, and it's time for a change anyways. Oh, no, my brother works at Target, and he's not going to have a job. He can go to Walmart or any other grocery outlet because he has that experience. Any place. And guess what? And this is what I told a, a girl. I just went to Walmart, and she says, you know, we're, they're actually kind of downsizing and laying people off. I said, it's just that time of year. Don't worry about it. As the summer goes on, more people are going to be barbecuing and going to the store and buying more food. And they're going to start giving you guys more hours and more time. And if things keep going the way they are with Target, all those people are going to not shop at Target. Where do you think they're going to go? The next large uh, uh, outlet, which is exactly like Target. And what's that? Walmart. So you're going to get you're going to pick up the slack. And she's like, I didn't even think about that. I'm like, I know you didn't. I was a retail manager. For 12 years, I went to school in finance and business to know this stuff. That's why I wrote a book about it. Okay? I did that for a living and learned that and went to schools to learn this stuff. So when I'm saying this, I'm not just some schmo who thinks he knows what he's talking about. That's the problem with me is I have so many fucking, that's not a joke. I don't usually talk about, it, but I have so many. I have because because they, they make you have to get recertified for everything all the time. But I've been certified in my lifetime for so many fucking things because I've never I've never stayed in one uh, one venue. I always moved around. Why? Because I needed to learn and and infiltrate many different uh, aspects of this reality because of what I do currently and what I've been doing my entire life. So I had to have schooling at chemistry and warfare and you name it. I'm not kidding you. Okay. <laughs> Business, finance, everything, property management. I did all of this stuff. Not a joke. And I, and I actually have uh, um, stuff to prove it. I actually have paperwork that, that literally says, you know, that paperwork that it, they all need you to know. There's a piece of paper that some guy signed this and said, he knows what he's talking about to prove that I know what I'm talking about. That's not a joke. That's not a joke. Right. I don't talk about all of those because I, I feel that that's bragging. But if I listed those, people would just go, you have no way have all of those certifications. And I'm like, no, no, no. The certifications, you can look up. <laughs> They're actually on websites, online. You can look those up. I can't fabricate those. 
So if I say I know something and I don't have a piece of paper because everybody's paper driven, you can then say, ah, you know what, you don't have any proof of that, right? But everything that I was certified for, that's the certification. Somebody else claimed, tested me and said, he knows what he's talking about. I have those real certifications that you can look up to prove who I am and what I, and what I know. And I did that on purpose to have those so that when people look me up, if they said, you're so full of bullshit, I'm going to look up everything that you say you are. And when you look them up, there is only one certification that I currently hold that you can't look up because it's not on paper. And that's my title as a Merlin. Okay. Literally, that is the only certification I have on this earth currently that you cannot verify out of everything else that I've said. They're all online under this name. Okay. You can look them up wherever I tell you they are. They are there currently. I mean, they, some of them aren't current. Like I'm not, I'm not currently a chemist in the United States of America. And I haven't been for almost 10 years now, for 10 years now. My certification ran out in 2013. So it's 2023. So it's been 10 years that I've been, but I could go and get certified right now. It only cost me about $250. And I can go and, and uh, take the course that would be a refresher course for two days and take the test. I could literally get, I know I could pass it because I know everything that I knew then and all the new stuff because I keep tabs on it. I just haven't proved it to anyone, but I could, I could literally right now go and pay and I know where to go and who to, and who to teach me. I could literally walk in and say, I want to sign up for this to be certified and then pay them the money and go to the class. Not a joke. And be on, on record worldwide as a certified chemist in the United States of America. But I would only do that and spend the $250 if I was going to be getting paid to do that, like I was getting paid before. It's kind of pointless to have a certification that you're not using for, for money and paying for it. So I update them if I need them, okay? That doesn't mean that I don't know that stuff. That's my point. So you have to, my point here of all of this, is you have to actually see beyond, you have to read between the lines and see beyond what that they're actually teaching you and trying to tell you, trying to tell you it's bad. Don't stop buying from Budweiser because you're mad at them because that company is going to go out of business and that's worldwide. And that's going to be millions of people losing jobs, right? They're not no longer going to be getting paid by Anheuser-Busch. They'll be getting paid by Miller Coors company or someone else still on Trois or, uh, you know, or, um, you know, uh, Samuel Adams, they'll still go to the, why would they, those companies not hire these people? Oh, you worked for Anheuser-Busch. Well, that company went out of business, so you must be bad. You must not know. No, it wasn't them. They didn't, and everyone knows that. They're telling you that on the news. Who was it that made the decision? Some marketing person that got the company into, into danger. But you know what? People are waking up and actually doing things to fight back, and the pocketbook is the perfect place. Will that change the face of the earth? Not directly and not right now, just like Cassie was saying. But what it does is it shows you that we actually have power. And that's why they say, don't do that because you're hurting yourself. You're going to all just have no jobs because of what you're doing. It's not true. That's a lie. They're doing this because they're trying to destroy the infrastructure of the United States and bring it down. They are trying to destroy the infrastructure of the United States and bring it down and every country on the earth. But if you pay attention, there's truth in that. But the lie is, that they're trying to destroy your way of life. They want this way of life to continue. What they're trying to do is kill the small business. And when you stop spending money on the big business, they get scared and start a propaganda machine to tell you that you're all going to lose jobs. 
and you're going to, and, and then they have the machine come out and say the conspiracy theory, which is partially true. You have to tell a little truth with many lies. They're trying to destroy the world to take total control. And you guys are just making it happen by going after these large corporations. No, no. Look at who owns that one company. You're going to find that the company who owns Anheuser-Busch is not owned by anybody in the Anheuser family or the Bush family. I look this stuff up all the time, just like every fast food restaurant around the world that's here in America. Three quarters of them are all owned by one world company, and they used to be owned by Yum Food Brands. And I think that that is now uh, uh, another company bought them out. And I found that most of your beer companies worldwide is owned by a Brazilian company. That's why Brazil has become a world power economically. If you guys live there, you know this. If you're not, if you don't live in Brazil and you're like, why does Brazil keep coming up? Why is it that they're in that group of people that is with Russia, China, Brazil, and India? Because Brazil is like the third world. I mean, and I don't mean third world. I mean, third place in world economics when it comes to business, because they own products worldwide. They own all of the biofuel companies because they make it out of sugar down there. Like if, if, uh, if Miguel de la Pena was in the audience, he'd be telling you that now. He lives in Brazil. If he was here right now, I know he's awake. I don't think he's in the audience right now. But if he was, he would be like, yeah, they don't use the petroleum gasoline that we use up here in America. They use a biofuel down there because they own, because it's a great place to grow sugar, sugar cane and sugar beets. And so they manufacture that into fuel. And that's what they're selling as a bio mix all over the world. So they're making money like you have no idea because you don't pay attention to who is the parent company of the parent company of the parent company of all these uh, corporations around the world. So Anheuser-Busch not making money is a good thing because it's empowering us and showing all of the people around the world that we do have power and when we can hit them in their pocketbook. That spawns their uh, their machine that tells you you're going to all lose your job if you continue doing this. And all those people that are from working for that company are going to have no job ever. They're going to they're going to be poverty for the rest of their life. That's what they want you to believe. That's the fear they teach you. No, they'll just find a job working for someone else, and probably one of the companies that's owned by their parent company. And if not, it'll be the next guy down the step moving up to be number one. What they're trying to do is they're trying to get you to not leave Anheuser-Busch and go to the small companies. They want you to continue buying from their companies. And that's what they're afraid of. And that's what's happening is all the little companies are, people are starting to buy from them instead of the large corporations. That's what you need to continue to do everywhere all the time. They'll try to assassinate me if this takes over and, and people hear me around the world. They'll try to kill me for saying this. Try to silence me for saying this. Okay, but they can't anymore. This is just the way it is. So you guys re need to realize that you have the money and the power to control them. And these small little victories that you see around the world where people are standing up to them is scaring them to death. <laughs> and you know that when all of the media starts talking about something and they start pointing out how that's going to damage the little guy. And that's all a lie. And they tell you that on every network. And that should tell you something too, okay? That it, the ones that hate each other, like here in America, CNN and Fox, you'll find that CNN and Fox are both telling you the same thing. All of a sudden, they're on the same team. Why? Because they're actually owned by the same people. And now 
They need to sell you the fear of divisiveness, divisiveness, so that you will continue to pay their tithing. They can't have you going to the small companies and making them bigger because they're trying to kill them. That's how they're trying to do it. They're trying to centralize, centralize all power to the 1% in all companies that they own. Right? Anna says, to, she's talking to Cassie, knowledge is power. It doesn't matter what you're learning, how many different uh, ones. It, it's about expanding oneself and love that you do that. Exactly. So knowledge in and of itself is the power. Right? And it's about expanding your consciousness and your light and your reach in, and positively. So this is the point of everything that I'm saying here. This is the seventh parable. So we'll move on from this. A lot of you probably got annoyed because you're like, oh my God, he's talking about politics. What are you talking about? There's no law of one here. It's actually, that's what I'm talking about. It's literally what I'm talking about. The realization of what's really going on. The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. Living the law of one, which I'll be talking about tomorrow, another commercial, on Jacqueline Taylor's show. You can go to my page on on YouTube on on YouTube, my page on uh, on uh, Facebook, uh, or any meme uh, that that's up, and I'll I'll put the meme up on the board for those of you who are on the MP4 broadcast. You can actually see that right here. Let me pull that up so you can take a look at that tomorrow at noon Pacific Daylight Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 8 p.m. GMT tomorrow. Uh, we, uh, Jacqueline Taylor on her show. We The link is uh, at my page. You'll find this meme that you see on the screen uh, in front of you. And if you're on the MP3 file, you'll know it when you see it. Uh, Oneness Project Light. We will be talking on her show tomorrow. And the link is there for you to go and uh, tune in to her channel, to her show, to see me on the podcast. We will be continuing this conversation, talking about how, and to reiterate what uh, Anna is saying, uh, in, in, to reiterate that, that all knowledge is power and that learning how to see past what they're trying to teach you as a lie, right, is vital. That's the knowledge that you need to learn. And this is what Raw was trying to give you was the knowledge of how to see what passed their lives, right? So, so this is what I'm trying to do as well. And what we're all trying to do is to give you this information and show you, and I'm trying to show you in 3D, so I'm going way, dipping way down in vibration to the third dimensional vibration, almost lizard brain-like, and that's why some of you are going to see an adversary in me by the way I'm talking now. And then I'm pulling you back out of your comfort zone and, and telling you these parables, showing in this. Some of you will only see fear, but I'm hoping that in the interims between my parables, I'm explaining that and pulling you up in, in your vibration to a place of, of understanding what I'm saying and seeing what it is that they're doing and how and why. All of it, the information, misinformation, disinformation, and, and redirection and misdirection is all part of the plan. Everyone thinks that they're linear and they only have one way of attacking. That's not how they do it. They come at you from several different angles. And all of those angles are designed, going back to the military term uh, designation that I told you about, designed by people who know if you plant a bomb here, 
people are going to run in these directions because they're already running in this uh, direction. So if they're already heading north and you blow up, they're not going to turn and run south because they, they were already coming from that direction. And they're so they're going to go uh, north by northeast and 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 uh, east by by uh, by or west by west uh, uh, northwest. They're going to turn and, and go in those two directions. They're not going to continue going forward because they're afraid there's some more bomb in front of them. But they're going to still continue to run and they're going to disperse away from that zero point. And now you you can guarantee and you can always plan for maybe they'll come. Maybe some of them will just stop in place. Well, that those people you just pick off, you zero that and have people shoot that. This is how, how Omaha Beach went. This is how you design a defense in military. You do the same thing in the art of war. That's why when people say, you know, Donald Trump's an idiot. He wrote a book called The Art of War. I mean, The Art of the Deal, which is the art of war in finance. If you've ever read both of those, you realize they're the same book. He just translated the art of war from 4,000 years ago into modern day warfare, which is finance without humans killing each other on the battlefield. You're doing the same thing with the corporations killing other corporations. It is warfare, just the same. You need to realize that. I realized that with this, with the internet. Back in 1991, I already saw that it was happening prior to that because I was on Insider with uh, people from AT&T before the split uh, in AT&T. And I was already had access to home computers before the, anyone else knew about them. And I was playing with them and uh, already got in trouble with the FBI for, for stealing uh, uh, credit card uh, uh, information out of dumpsters, which they had to change that and get away from carbon copies just laying around for people like me to go and take. And uh, and you're literally buying things uh, uh, online when before there was an online to be doing that and mailing them all across the world and having them forwarded from address to address to address to address to address, to address and and then going and picking it up someplace uh, under a pseudonym, uh, and and you know taking this information and doing it online and realizing that we could go online and dial up with the old dial-ups and go into somebody's computer online before they actually had firewalls and set up servers to host communications so that they could keep people from hacking and was a hacker and then realized when they were setting up these highways, which we called, ended up becoming called the internet, that propaganda could be utilized there. And that's when I went to work for the Irish government. I was already working for them anyways, but I went to work in a different capacity. And literally brought it to their attention and said, I will set up these information highways around the world and in the United States, and you guys can funnel all your information through me out to the people and we'll get it to them faster than printing them on old 400-year-old technology and printing paper and trying to hand it out at bars or street corners. But we can still do continue doing that as well. And they were smart enough and forward-thinking enough and respected me enough to say, well, why not? Try it. Let's see what happens. And that's what I did. And then it blew up and they were like, holy crap, this is badass. This is good shit. And then all of espionage all over the world became internet espionage. I'm not the only one who figured that out. So I'm not saying that I am like, you know, people go, well, you know, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, you know, said that his father created the internet. I'm not going to try and get you guys to believe that I created global espionage online. I did not. But people like me forward thinking realized the potential of the internet at the same exact time worldwide all over. We started realizing it. 
very quickly that caught on in all the governmental systems prior to you guys ever even knowing it existed. We were already doing it. Okay. And I utilized that and continued with the coalitions and helped set up these coalitions to solidify them with the people working with the coalitions from behind the scenes to get this stuff going the way that it's going now. It took a lot of work from myself and many other millions of people around the world working together, being chased around by the powers that should not be trying to stop us from doing it for a long time. Not a joke. Had to do it under seven, seven different aliases. I've never said that number out loud before. <laughs> Until I just realized I said that. I was going to say several. And actually said, shouldn't have used that term because the Freudian slip came out of seven. Okay. But it's, but it's true. All right. And, and that I don't have any proof of either. You have to take my word on that. I could tell you names, but if I did that and you looked them up, I could get in trouble. So I can't. Okay. But just suffices to say that some of you in this audience are also working at that. You know who you are. People that are listening to me around the world, you know who you are as well. Okay, and, and it, there'll be a time when we'll be able to tell the people out loud, we're already starting to do that. I'm not afraid of that. Why? Because we have the power by just you knowing that there's a trap and just you knowing that you have the ability to, to make a change and then working on yourself and bettering yourself, you change the vibration of yourself and that uplifts the entire vibration of the all. Whether you do anything else to help, right? Yeah, I know. I, I, that's why I'm sure that it came out, Cassie. She said seven parables, seven aliases. I, that uh, that's a re that's actually there's a reason behind that. I think you're catching on to why. Um, yes, that's the number seven again. If you guys know what that means, then you'll understand why. Okay, so I'm not going to go down that road, but you're on to it, Cassie. Um, yes, <laughs> and then that becomes the number fourteen, and the fourteen becomes the one and the four, or one and four equals five, but. It, that all it still is. And if you look at five on the, on the scale and, uh, and, and where five fits, five fits in the eight, which is the infinity. And that's all science and math, but um, that all of this Pythagorean, Pythagorean uh, theorem. And uh, that tells you where that fits in the scheme of the clockwork. And I say that on purpose with the 12. Okay. So all of that is symbolic is my point of that. So she's giving me winks. Yeah. Right. Three of them too, by the way, that was good. Cassie. I like it. So um, the synchronicity of that was important as well. Okay. And, and that's literally, if you watch above majestic, a port that I forgot they talked about was uh, the, the interviewees, whistleblowers, insiders coming out from super soldiers to 20 and backs and uh, insiders working for the, Secret space program and the and the SSP alliance that came out of that will tell you that they were doing they do rituals they're aware of this of 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 all of the synchronicities and harmonics of the universe far more than they let on and Raw's trying to explain that as well that they have this information they know this information so you guys don't know it. You guys don't know it on mass, and that's what part of what they do to, to keep that knowledge away from you is eradicate that knowledge from the face of the earth. That's what they talk about where the draconians changed everything and powers that should not be have changed uh, of history. They've tried to destroy that information, but we still have it. 
I'm talking about it right now. Why? Because the information that you get that they're trying to destroy on paper, you actually get on your own from the universe. It unlocks within you. Okay? It unlocks within you, right? I know, right? Cassie said, I already knew way before I knew the importance of it, right? And, and Peter, there's Peter uh, typing frequencies and math code again. <laughs> He's just showing you the Pythagorean theorems in in uh, code again, using pyramidal schemes, triangles, uh, in in his numbers system again to um, <laughs> to give you guys some codes. So if you can see them, I'm not going to read them out loud. I don't want the algorithms to play with me. But there's some uh, math right there that you guys should take a look at. Okay, so so the, the, my point here is, guys, and Raw's trying to tell us that, and we'll talk about this more tomorrow uh, in what you guys can do with Jacqueline. I don't know how long we're going to be on the air. Uh, but Raw literally right now is talking about that, moving, you know, talking about Jesus and, and uh, the effects of, and then getting into, well, Jesus has gone on to the fifth density, and he's literally, um, you know, working on wisdom now. Um, and that the only way that he will come back, he's not coming physically back here like all the people in Christianity are being taught, that he's going to return. He's not going to return in a physical form. And if he returns at all here, it'll be a thought form. And, uh, it, and through channeling, you can communicate to, uh, with him or uh, at the council level, he'll come back in thought form and communicate to the council. Literally, Ra just said that. Okay. Raw, yeah. So, yeah. So, we're we're we are with raw. Yes, um, yes. The, the, the our council is part of Cassie is part of the same council that raw is with. And raw's people came from Orion as well. Yes, um, but they but they were not our council. The the Orion Council of Light that came here chasing the Orion Crusaders. Um, they they were not. Um, Raw and us are not the same people, but we're from the same area. They were ahead of us in vibration, right? Uh, and and then originally, if you go back to the Patal, we were farther and more advanced than them in the same region, but out of sync in vibration. So we we were not we could only communicate through um, telepathic communication with one another. So I know, right? Rick's initials are in fact R A, <laughs> right? We talked about that before. <laughs> so yes, so we're with Raw in that sense. Now I know that you're talking about, but um, Cassie, I know that that's what you were saying. We're with Raw, laughing out loud about it. But I'm literally telling you that that our council, our our uh, um, coalition, is literally attached to the same coalition that Raw is attached to. So you, so that's why there was there was an irony there that I was pointing out that you were saying because Rick was saying his initials are R A and so you were saying so we're literally with Raw here, I was like yes and we are literally with Raw here. <laughs> so so yes right so that's my point but I, I know you guys were not talking about the same exact thing but I was being funny and then pointing out on a higher level. So the so the, in the high mind complex that is raw is attached to the Council of Venus or the what you guys some of you know as the the Council of Planets or the the I don't know what else they're called. Uh, there's different names for the councils: uh, Council of Nine, Council of 
of um, of whatever, but they're all the same council. There's there's only uh, there's a bunch of different councils that are attached to the council. Um, sub councils that have come from different places that have attached, just like the United Nations. We call that the United Nations because it is a bunch of nations that are united under one banner to try and do things. The Council of Venus is the same. It is an overseeing body of councils that are working together on many different vibratory patterns, third, fourth, and fifth um, density and dimensional patterns that are that are are here in this solar system. They're also attached to a larger coalition that is in this sector of the universe. And that's attached to a larger coalition that is in the universal coalition in this universe, in this uh, solar or this galaxy that is the Milky Way galaxy. Okay, and so we're a substation, a sub-logos of the sub-logos. So literally the Council of Venus, which is like the Council of Ten, I'm getting, they're telling me Ten, not Nine, Ten. Um, but they use it because it's, it has to do with math, right? The Nine uh, uh, being working better here for the mathematics and the harmonics, even though there's in fact physically Ten people in the coalition outside of time because the coalition itself and when you're outside of time, then it's then you can say the, the 10 and it doesn't change and disrupt things in space time. And that's all. I don't know why they're even telling me to say that. <laughs> so, oh, you're asking. That's where we are. That's what I was saying. Raw was literally just talking about Jesus and where Jesus went and why he's not able to, to communicate as much and not coming back here. And that's why I went segued into that. That's literally where we are with with raw right now. Uh, in what he just said, okay? And so I haven't pushed play only because I wanted to ring out the coalition side of why that's important and get Raw and Jesus attached to the coalition. And that's the last thing that Raw just said. That's literally why I spent that extra time there. I got that part too. <laughs> that you were saying, where are we with Raw? I got that part too, okay? So, um so I did. I, I realized that what you, I went and looked, put, looked at what you said when you were correcting. No, no, no. What I was saying was, and I looked back and went, oh, you were asking, where are we right now with what Raw was saying? So I was trying to pull that back around to that. So literally, Raw just said that Jesus is not coming back here in physical form that you can channel or communicate with, but that Jesus will also uh, thought form come and communicate with the council. So I was also trying to attach us and show how on this planet, when you, how that councils from here on the earth are attached to the same council. And um, that's what I was trying to do was draw that connection back around before I press play again. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, but I have to also stay within the mathematical equation. And so I had to hit the seventh uh, parable and work Jesus into the seventh parable to get back where we were. I know sometimes it takes a while to do that. And some people get, uh, don't realize what I'm doing. Those of you who know the math and are paying attention to the Fibonacci sequence, um, you realize that uh, a lot of what I'm doing is very mathematical and methodical. And sometimes it sounds like I'm just rambling on about something else and I'm not. Okay, let's continue then. How did Terra's vulva, Genghis Khan, and Rasputin get harvested prior to the harvest? Ra I am Ra it is the right slash privilege slash duty of those opening consciously the gate to intelligent infinity to choose the manner of their leaving of the density. Okay, see, now that's why 
I stopped there and did all of that because now we're changing conversation and, and looking at uh, the people on the dark side uh, and how it is that they move up. And I wanted to finish bringing that out before we move to the subject. So let's continue. Those of negative orientation who so achieve this right slash duty most often choose to move forward in their learn slash teaching of service to self. 17.26 questioner, is this the reason for what we call spontaneous combustion? Ra, I am Ra, this is not correct. <laughs> Here's where, like, sometimes when this happens, I'm like, what was, what was John thinking? How did he jump from, <laughs> from asking about Jesus and where he is to literally... So then Genghis Khan and these evil people and, and where they go to literally. So that's spontaneous combustion. I know these are questions that might need to be asked, but I just, I, sometimes I want to go back in time and go really Dawn, Did you need, I, I'll write down questions for you. <laughs> so you guys think I'm nonlinear and then I jump all over the, look what literally in, in two questions where we just went with Dawn. <laughs> Right? So if you guys thought I was crazy and out of control, we just went to spontaneous combustion. And Snarky Raw was like, no, not at all. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> 17.27 questioner. Can you tell me what causes that phenomenon? Raw, I am raw picture. If you will, a forest. One tree is struck by lightning. It burns. Lightning does not strike elsewhere. Elsewhere does not burn. There are random occurrences which do not have to do with the entity, but with the window phenomenon of which we spoke. 17.28 questioner. Okay, so literally um, it's, that has to do with just the random occurrence of the planet and somebody being in the right place, just like uh, you could be standing in the right place and you're struck by lightning. So spontaneous combustion is, is, is does not have anything to do with the person themselves, except for they happen to be at the right place at the wrong time. And uh, energy from the planet, from the stars, uh, it, it aligned in a way that, uh, that they caught fire. And that's not a joke. Like a microwave, right? I mean, that would be more appropriate what's happening to them is microwave energy is cooking them from the inside out and they just combust. That's a natural occurrence in the universe. And, and if you worry about that kind of stuff, you'll lay on the floor and suck on a Cheerio and be afraid to breathe and afraid to do anything. But sometimes you, people get hit by lightning, right? I mean, it's just it's a random occurrence. So not everything has a, a, a rhyme or reason in a way that can be explained. And not everything is, a, is nefarious that happens to people. And not everything is uh, God. Oh, no, God got mad at them. And that's why he struck them down. You know, it's not that a lot of times. It, but then again, the bad thing is the bad guys know about that and they'll use that to their advantage and then try to kill you in a way that looks kind of natural like that. And then they could just go coincidence. And most people buy that one. <laughs> Shit happens, right? <laughs> sometimes it just does. And sometimes people are just, uh, if you guys are watching Skinwalker Ranch, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, they just covered this with a, a post that has been burned for no apparent reason. They literally the last week they were just talking about this on the show and, uh, and they, and having the guy on the show uh, and then literally him driving a certain course and them going and showing him around the ranch and them literally, uh, 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 literally having devices uh, to watch him uh, and, and, uh, and all of the, the ranch and, and all of the space around him and how the ranch reacts to him. And then literally doing right after he left, 
re redoing exactly what they did without him in the Jeep now and then putting them side by side on a computer and showing you the difference. And some people, humans, have the ability uh, to, for whatever reason, they haven't figured out why, which I kind of have a theory about it, but I'm not going to go into that right now. So I'm not going to give them anything. I, I gave them a few things that they used on the show. Uh, and I, I don't always do that because not because I was worried about getting credit for it. Uh, and I told them that you can use this as me telling you that I do not and will not sue you and will not get credit and don't want to have credit for this and just use this information. But you need to look into it. <laughs> and they did. And they put it in the very first episode of the next season. Um, so but what I'm saying is that it's a long conversation and somebody can write a book about uh, about that. And uh, it, it, because it has to do with vortex math, I'll give you the secrets has to do with vortex math and, um, and toroidal fields and, um, and personal toroidal fields. And that's going to be going in my book. So I'm not going to give out a lot of that information because if I do, someone's going to utilize that information as soon as they can and make a lot of money off of it. And then if I write the book, they'll go, he just stole his theory from that other guy. I've already stole a lot of my theories and made television shows and made money off of them. I'm not joking you. I can prove that. I've talked to a lot of people. Some of you know that as I've talked to you about it. All right, let's continue. But I'm okay with that because, first of all, I didn't make the money off of it, but the information is still getting out there and it's changing people's lives. And so by that knowledge. So that's the most important thing. Life and knowledge is more important than money. And I'm okay with that, but I'm not going to just give them the keys to the car because they'll drive it off a cliff every time. All right, let's go. Are these particular entities all uniquely the same or are they just random entities? Ra, I am Ra, the latter is correct. 17.29 questioner am i to understand that the harvest will occur in the year 2011 or will it be spread ra i am ra this is an approximation we have stated we have difficulty with your time slash space this is an appropriate probable slash possible time slash space nexus for harvest those who are not in incarnation at this time will be included in the harvest 17.30 questioner well if an entity wants to learn ways of it wants to be of service to others rather than service to self while he is in this third density are there best ways of being of service to others or is any way just as good as any other way ra i am ra the best way to be of service to others has been explicitly covered in previous material yeah the best way of being in service to others is being in service to others <laughs> That's the best way of being in service to others. But see, that's the, the problem is that I, I just covered that. The problem is people go, well, how do I go about doing that? The truth is, if you are if you are working on yourself and bettering yourself, this is why I said this before. I knew we were going to get to here and I was showing that already. If you're working on yourself and you're better yourself and you're and you're fixing yourself by as within, so without, as below, so above. So by fixing yourself as well as just outwardly being good to other people in all ways, you're raising your vibration and everyone that you come in contact with at the same time. So you don't have to go above and beyond. I got to be, I have to have a show. I have to have a podcast. I have to do this. I have to write a book. I have to be a teacher. I have to do, you, you don't have to do all those things. Fine. If you don't want to, and you can't just be you and be in service to others. You don't have to, to donate your life. You don't have to, to uh, dedicate yourself to this exclusively and get the word out there. You don't have to do any of that unless you want to. So I'm not trying to discourage anybody from helping. But my point is, literally, if you're like, I don't know what I can do. I can't do anything. I don't have any, any really good skills. Yeah, you do. You just have to be a good person. Being in service to yourself first is true. I'm reading what Anna says now. Okay. 
being in service to yourself first is the only way you can help others. Absolutely. You have to take care of yourself and be in service to yourself, but without being only in service to self. Do you see? So why am I doing this? I'm trying to better myself because if I love myself, I can love other people. If I love myself, other people can love me. If I love myself and I'm taking care of myself, then I can also make a better service to other people in a better way because I'm in a better place. They're going to see that. They're going to feel that. They're going to know that about me. So you're going to be more authentic. And by more people being authentic and original with themselves and honest and objective with themselves, it then sheds light on negative people who are trying to trick people into thinking that they are doing the same thing. So you expose other people as frauds and fakes by you just not being one yourself. Do you see? By being authentic with and about yourself, to yourself, that in and of itself will make you then be authentic to everyone else as well. Because it allows you to, because you're already doing it. When you get into the practice of doing that with yourself, then you can do that to others. But then what happens is you learn this knowledge and then you realize that you don't start telling people, you need to wake up because you're asleep. You go through that time period and you realize that doesn't help anybody. So by helping yourself, you have to then figure out how can I help them without lecturing? Because lecturing is what negative people do. And they lecture you and tell you how stupid you are and how much smarter than you they are, how much more in control. So that, that turns people off immediately and turns you into an adversary. So what do you do? You have to tell people you can't just point out the negative because that's pointing out negative and scaring people. So that's one of the reasons why Cassie was was and does this sometimes when she if, if she's if she's thinking that I've gone too negative and haven't uh, said anything positive in a while. She'll either start saying something positive or remind me, don't forget <laughs> to say something positive because you're going to scare the kids. And she's right. Rightly so. So, uh, and, and I have to make sure that I work that into my parables is not just scaring you with negatives, but also hitting you with positives while I do that. I've said that a couple of times uh, as we've talked. So by helping yourself, you then can help other people in a better way because you're in a better place coming from the heart. People get that. They feel it. They sense it. They're afraid of it because they don't trust it because, uh, because the people who are trying to capture them and are evil are painting themselves, uh, uh, you know, overly exerting how how good they are to capture you. So when somebody comes through and they're being from the heart, it triggers your paranoia if you've had people screw you over a few times and you become afraid. And that's why I tell people, don't believe anything that I've said. Do the diligence yourself. Look it all up. Don't trust me. Don't trust anything anyone says to you. But don't ignore them and think that no one has anything to offer. Because, because the moment you do that, then you have become the very thing you don't want to be. Because now you're egoic and you're just in your own head. Right? And then you become more of the negative uh, uh, person. So you don't want to do that. You have to have that balance. So just pointing out negative stuff that's going on. Here's what the cabal's doing in the back. That just scares people. You're not giving any solutions. Do you see? You are part of the problem and they don't care. That's why they don't stop people who scream like that because you're, you're promoting fear. They leave those people out there. They're like, oh, that guy can't be telling the truth because why would they be letting him tell that stuff? Because it creates fear. He's not telling you a solution to the problem. He's pointing out or she, they are just pointing out 
the negative shit that scares you. That is fear. That's what they want. So they don't stop people from doing that. They only stop you when you start telling uh, the knowledge and then explaining why and then explaining uh, about it like I'm doing. That's when they try to stop you. They don't stop you if I could sit here all day and I have 15,000 people live right now. If all I did was became a priest for the evil uh, religion, I'd be no different than the people on Fox or CNN or, or BBC or any other, wherever you are on the planet, whatever they, whatever uh, uh, definition that they have designated for themselves. Do you see? So, and that's why they don't care about those people. And people are like, ah, oh, that's got to be a conspiracy theory by the government because that, because that, why would they let that guy tell the story? Because it's promoting fear. They don't care. They want it to fear. No matter what, they want the fear there. So if you're if you're touching on there's a breakaway government, they'll try to stop you. But if you're touching on government knows about UFOs and uh, they'll let you talk about it all day because it scares you. And they can that's their and one of their rollout plans is the, the false flag uh, alien invasion. So that's pushing people into that fear. So that if they roll it out, they go, see, I knew it. The guy was right. There is an aliens. And look, now they've invaded. Oh, no, we have to go under the, it's the Hegelian dialectic all over again. Do you see? So that, so certain things, they'll let you get popular telling because it's still promoting their exact agenda. So you, so you're, that's where some people are unwittingly part of the negative. That's why when Cassie will try to make sure to remind me to push back onto the positive to, so that I don't become the negative and, and create fear, right? She's not the only one that does it. Peter does it too. <laughs> a few of you out there that'll push me back on track if you think I've gone too far, too long on just negative. Okay, so here we go. We will iterate briefly. The best way of service to others is the constant attempt to seek to share the love of the creator as it is known to the inner self. This involves self-knowledge and the ability to open the self to the other self without hesitation. This involves, shall we say, radiating that which is the essence or the heart of the mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex. Speaking to the intention of your question, the best way for each seeker in third density to be of service to others is unique to that mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex. Do you see? That's exactly what I was saying. <clears throat> so it's literally... Uh, up to you. It's it's individual to you of how you can be in service to the all. Okay. Uh, so, and you just being is doing that. That's enough. And that the problem is that they're teaching you that you're not enough, right? That you're no one and you're alone and you're nothing. And that's not the truth at all. And this is what Ra's telling you right here. You are enough. You are a rock star. Just being and just knowing that you love yourself is, is is huge difference in the in the in the in the entire all vibration of the all and where and how high that is. Do you see? That's why they don't want you thinking that. They don't want you fixing yourself. They don't want you knowing that about yourself. They don't want you having any confidence. They want you in fear. That's part of the modus operandi. It was taught to the evil people and that they know. And that's what Ra is literally teaching you here. So literally what he's, what they, I keep saying he, the vernacular he, and it's not a he, it's an entire species, right? And so I apologize. That's programmed, again, like the word, uh, you know, understanding, right? Stand, I don't stand under anyone. These programmed uh, words that we use uh, that get into our head because they're always been taught to us to say those words. I'm saying uh, he, like they say, the human race, the man, they used to say, as the human race was not, there was no women involved in that. It was always man. 
right? Well, the word human has the word man in it. Well, yeah, that's that's pulling teeth right there, but that's not what that means. But I like the word being instead, so I agree with that because that's non-gender because it's both, right? Because the truth is my soul is not neither male nor female, right? It's just this body that is. And the, and the things that govern this physical body and the, and the makeup of my of my physical teachings as a physical body. Right. And so I know some people might get annoyed right there and, and see me as the enemy and go, Oh, so you're one of those people who loves them queers then. Right. And then you're going to have other people on the other side of that, that are literally going to be going, you didn't do enough just then you should have been more rah rah about that. And you're using the vernacular of him. You should have been saying they, them, you know what I mean? So you're always going to have somebody who's going to hate, hate on you because that's the divisiveness the divisiveness that they are preaching to the world to get us all constantly uh, triggered to be at a, opposing sides, always taking a side, fight the fight itself. The 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 idea that you have to be at, at, at odds with someone is where they want you to be in fear, angry and fighting against everything for everything about everything, no matter what it is, even if it's the way I word things or the way I write something. In the wording, the verbiage I use. You know what I mean? That's literally all part of their scheme. It's in everything. And it can really screw up your brain if you get paranoid about it and go, oh, my God, it's in everything. And they're just winning. No, they're not. That's why they have to do that. They have to hit you from every direction as hard as they can always, because the second they let up, people take a breath and go, wait a minute. When they're not around, they find out what the common denominator is. When they're not around doing that, nobody's fighting. And that's why they have to keep it up always. They have to keep the message up always constantly so that you don't have a breath long enough to look around. That's why the term stop and smell the roses comes into play. If you know, if you've ever heard that, that term, it's because that by taking a break from everything, that's why we teach you to turn off social media for a minute. It doesn't take long. Turn off your television, turn off social media and, and meditate for 30 minutes a day, 60 minutes a day. And then you'll realize that things are real. I remember when I was younger, things change. Remember when I was younger, we used to go camping all the time. And then I'll get back into raw real quick. Here's a here's a parable uh, on that subject. We used to go camping for two weeks uh, every year around the 4th of July. We would literally go and rough it. We didn't have cell phones back then, right? And so we literally would go out with pitching tents and and you know chopping firewood and burning wood and cooking on either on the on the uh, fire over the fire or we'd have the Coleman stoves, the Coleman company. I don't get paid for them, but that's what I grew up with. Uh, and we would literally live in tents, and so we would bring books and and board games to play, and we would run around and swim, and uh, you know we would go to up here in California to the to uh, Lake Shasta, which was from the dam that was uh, dammed up the, up the uh, up here from the Shasta Mountain. Uh, and that was one of the water aquifers for California. And uh, that created a big, huge estuary of water. And they had campsites along that. And we'd go out there and swim on there and, you know, do all the stuff and fish and, and have fun. And we'd be gone for two weeks. And then it, we would come home and uh, and I would, we would go in the house and unpack and then turn on the television. And, and the television seemed... Um, super fast paced and out of control. And it's then when you first see it after not seeing it for a while, you realize how much that it is programming you and keeping your attention with chaos. And the same thing happens with, uh, this is my point. If you turn off the news on television and you don't watch that for a while or don't watch television at all. And, and, and the different generations don't do that. The older generation, my mother sits in front of television like it's her God. And that's where she is all day long. 
staring at the television. She doesn't do anything else. But she's older now. But even when she was younger, that's what she did. That's what her generation did. Uh, my generation is more online. Uh, so that's why they're doing the same thing to us on here that they do on television. And then the younger generation behind us isn't even on here as much. But they're on apps like TikTok, which is even more so controlled uh, than, than these places, but just as controlled by evil people but more so controlled by a different algorithm that everybody wants the secret to. And I've been doing study for the coalition on TikTok. I'm no longer there, even though my account's there. I haven't canceled it yet, but I'm no longer posting on, on TikTok because my investigation is over. Um, but that, but I was on TikTok and you can find me on there and you can find me uh, only posting uh, things that have to do with spirituality. Uh, but I was investigating a lot of stuff on there and, and uh, TikTok is, is knowing that people like myself are doing that. And they've already gotten ahead of that. If you are on TikTok currently, you had to say yes to their terms of agreement. And by doing that, you just uh, uh, told them, agreed that you will not file a class action lawsuit against, can't file a class action lawsuit against TikTok for any reason. You can't allow anyone to do that for you on your behalf by any federal government or any lawyers. You cannot have a lawyer represent you or any other human being represent you in any arbitration with TikTok whatsoever that every arbitration is only legally binding through you and a member of TikTok, period. So the, so now you cannot sue them for anything. And the, why would they be doing that if they, were, if they didn't realize and expect that there are going to be lawsuits filed against them because of something that they were doing against your will? There's no reason for them to do that, which means they know it. The UK has now filed a lawsuit on in behalf of its people, and the United States is going to try and do the same soon. But they're getting ahead of that and making all their users uh, say that they cannot sue them in any way, period, ever. Uh, and so the only thing that can happen is that TikTok will be uh, eventually put out of business. And they're already working on uh, other companies to take its place uh, currently so that if TikTok gets taken off, they're just going to change names and have a new app. Okay? Already working on it. Um, and and uh, and try to sneak in and do the same thing. That's not a joke. You can read that. I'm not making that up. I read it. I didn't. Someone didn't tell me this. I discovered it. I went through and went. Okay, what are your terms of agreement? I'm the guy that'll read 10,000 pages. I am that person. I'm methodical. I do that. That's why I was uh, hired to do that. And I literally read that and said, if I say yes to this, this is what's going to happen. And I didn't read all of it. So who they could also say that you are literally give up your citizenship of your country and you are now a citizen and a slave to the Chinese Communist Party. I'm not saying that that's what they said. But if you don't read the terms of agreement, you could be agreeing to something and selling your soul to someone. And they haven't started doing it yet that I found or anyone else. But don't be surprised if it's going to be worded someplace on some app where you're literally giving away your freedom as an individual and your rights as an individual and acknowledging that you are, in fact, a slave owned by a corporation. That's coming. That's coming. Here we go. Let's continue. This means that the mind slash body slash spirit complex must then seek within itself the intelligence of its own discernment as to the way it may best serve other selves. This will be different for each. There is no best. There is no generalization. Nothing is known. 17.31 questioner. Thank you very much. I don't wish to take up extra time by asking questions over again. Some are so important I try to ask some similar questions in different ways to expand on the answer. Seems to be inaudible what we're getting at. Maybe not. In the book Ospit states that if an individual is more than 50% for others that is, goes over the 50% service to others, and is less than 50% for service to self, then he is harvestable. 
Is this a correct statement? Before this is answered, I, I wanted to uh, say to, to Anna, you're absolutely right. And as a wanderer, I'm sure that you're aware, uh, that, and if you're not a wanderer, just being awake, uh, you're aware that because um, I'm not sure if you are a wonder, I'm assuming that you that you know that you are. We talked about that, uh, but you you are probably aware at this point that those things that happened to you um, actually um, uh, were done uh, for two reasons. One, you you took on most of it to do it because you wanted to learn that and experience it. But two, they were their motivation was to try and stop you from becoming who it is that you become now not realizing that they were the catalyst and the things that were done to you were done so that you could be who you are currently and wake up to be who you are. And that's, and I'm sure you're aware of that, that outside of, of the um, time space or outside the reach of the ego and outside the reach of the mind, when you're uh, in the, in the fourth uh, dimension, fourth density uh, and, and realizing that in, in moving to the fifth, because of the wisdom of seeing the spirit and the soul being outside or spirit slash soul. I use those two terms together because some people are like, what's the difference between the spirit and the soul? Nothing. It's just a different place on the planet. When they came up with the word, <laughs> it means the same thing. Uh, it means the same spirit. Soul means the exact same thing. But uh, when you look at that from the top down, you realize that all of those things were necessary to happen to you in the order at the time so that, and, and I'm not reading to the, to the audience what Anna said, but I'll, I'll read that because she was talking to Cassie and she said, uh, um, you know, I went through, I'm paraphrasing, I'm not reading all of it word for word, for word because she was talking to Cassie, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you the, the pertinent information. So I went through a lot of not nice things, very uh, uncomfortable things growing up. But I had to release and forgive them and myself. This is why I'm telling you this. Is, this is Those were her words. Um, and very powerful. This is her speaking again. A very powerful experience and life-saving. It, it has allowed the gates to be totally opened uh, to know who I am. And, and literally, that is uh, why I was saying what I was saying. And she knows that, uh, obviously. That, but I was saying that because I wanted to get that information out to the rest of you who are listening to the show on MP3 file around the world and not able to see the chat uh, so that you have a, a point of reference as to why I was motivated to say what I was saying. And, and, and by her words, I can tell that she's aware of that. So we, but it's not until, and this is why I, I, I use that term and, and put it out there in one of my reels, um, that while you're pushing that rock uphill, you cannot, until you're at the top of the hill, appreciate the journey. All you can do is continue to push that rock up the hill. Because the second you try and stop to look around, you lose your momentum. And it takes 10 times the momentum to hold the rock in place and then to get it started going uphill. So once you start pushing that rock uphill, you have to continue pushing forward. And then when you get to the top, you can then pause and that's when you stop to smell the roses, when you find those places where you can pause. And that's when you reflect. And when you look back on things that seemed horrible while they happened to you, when you see the outcome of it was my point and Anna's was to see that when you see the outcome of of the experiences that happened to you, you can only then appreciate uh, them for the reality of what they were, even though they were negative and hard things that you went through that might have been physically, mentally, psychologically, and spiritually unnerving, uh, damaging, uh, uh, if not scary uh, events in your life, but that you survived those 
And it was because of those negative times coupled with the positive times uh, balancing in your life that you survived it and then became who you are. And when you awaken, you can only then discern and rightfully so that it was the culmination of all positive and negative experiences and things that happened in your life that got you to where you currently are. And that it wasn't only the positive, it was the negative just as much as the positive. And this is what Ra is talking about here. That's why I stopped to address what Anna and Cassie were talking about in the group with the rest of the group, because it plays exactly into what Ra is talking about right now. And, and Anna's reply to that was, yes, very true, but I was lucky I had extremely powerful protection from my soul parents. Uh, this is why I'm a protector of, of all children and all that can uh, not stand up and protect themselves. Uh, agreed. And I was also very lucky. My name is a title that means that. And I'll, I'll tell you that if you don't know that about me, I'll tell you that in a second. Um, and, and that's why I came through where I came through and, and have, have the name that I have uh, and the body that I have and the DNA that I have. It all has to do with exactly that. And I've been knighted by the Roman Catholic Church. And I'll, and I'll tell you all of that really quickly. And then we'll get back into Raj. Just so Anna, so you know. Um, Literally, I had, you know, my father was a Merlin and, and that's old school, old world. And he literally spent my life teaching me all of that, but not only all of that, but also physical survival and many other philosophical uh, things and literally gave me a classical upbringing. Uh, the, for free, that uh, would have cost, uh, you know, probably a million dollars American money uh, to, to get to achieve. Uh, and so I was lucky in that respect. And then because of that, I also had uh, a lot of people that were here protecting me on the spiritual, the astral. My name, literally, Leonard Edward O'Neill, uh, is literally a title. The word Leonard is literally means Lionheart. The word Edward means guardian protector. And the last name O'Neill means bloodline of Neil. And Neil is an ancient Gaelic word for champion of the people. Okay. So my name literally is Lionheart Guardian, uh, champion of the people. And I was baptized uh, with, with uh, two Christian names, not just one. So my Christian name is Leonard Edward Gabriel uh, uh, Leo O'Neill. Okay, and I chose Gabriel, and uh, uh, Sister Moira McPherson chose Leo because she sensed in me or knew that I would be doing this now. And Saint Leo is the patron saint of communication <laughs> and and communicating to the world. I was not doing this uh, back in two thousand and four or two thousand and one uh, and two thousand and two when I was baptized. Uh, I was not doing this at all and had no idea that I was going to do this at all. And I uh, chose Gabriel, which is the messenger uh, of God. And she chose Leo. Uh, I chose an archangel because my I have a brother who's deceased, whose name was Gabriel, my older brother. And so I wanted to be, be two reasons because of that, right? His name and the archangel. And then she baptized me as Leo. And my initials are L-E-O, Leonard Edward O'Neill. So, uh, so literally Leo and I'm a Virgo. I'm born on the 10th of September. And if you change the calendar back to the 13-month calendar, the moon calendar, I'm actually a Leo. So by the planet's calendar, that was the, the, the calendar of this earth, prior to the Romans taking over, the Greco-Romans, 
uh, and then the the Caesars took control and and changed the calendar uh, months to this. We ended up with only twelve months instead of the thirteen and twenty eight days. That shifted me uh, into the Virgo realm. Otherwise, I would be a, a Leo. So uh, in the world scheme of things, um, I have triple quadruple Leo, uh, which is uh, Leo literally is the Greek word for lion. Okay. Uh, and so I literally have the strength, heart of the lion, guardian, champion of the people is literally what is, what <laughs> literally what my title is as names. So I was literally named this to do what I'm doing. So, uh, yeah, it's and I didn't know any of that until I learned it. And then I, uh, when I checked the day I was born, the date I was born, the time I was born. Uh, uh, all of that. When somebody said, what's your life number? I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And they said, give me all this information. I did. They did the math and they said, you have a 33 life number. You're an ascended master, the hugest ascended master. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And they're like, oh, Jesus was a 33. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't want to compare myself to Jesus. And they're like, well, no, obviously I'm not the Christ. and That's not what I'm here to do. But but the but an ascended master. Now you could use the Pythagorean theorem and say three plus three equals six, and three goes down to, to or six goes down to three, right? So it doesn't matter. But all of that condenses. But the numbers add up to thirty-three first, and then you can condense them, just like twenty-two and eleven are also condensed by that same theorem, right? Uh, to you know, eleven is is two, and and uh, you know, and and uh, uh, you know, twenty-two is four, right? Uh, and four is two. Do you see my point? So you can condense everything down to the smallest number, but the, but the number itself designated, and I've done it several different ways to figure out, uh, and all of them come back to the same thing. So, so literally I was unaware, and the older I get, the more people come up with these different ideas, or I just learn about them for the first time, and they go, have you ever done your whole chart for this way? And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I have one that I'm still studying right now that someone else had me do that has a computer algorithm that this guy put together to do this, where literally they use astrology and all of that together. And I'm still learning from that. And I'm, and even that, they were like, you have ascended master everything. And I was like, well, that's what they keep telling me across the, the board of everything. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know what all that means, but I do know in some sense, because I'm awake enough and would have the Melchizedek title if I wanted to use it. Uh, and, and I have, so I have total memory and I get, I get why all of that was done. All of that was done so that I could be and would be and am exactly who I am now. And all of that adds to, and this is why when I do my shows, I do, it's very mathematical and methodical and, and there's haikus and there's, and there's no hyperbole. Sometimes there is, uh, but everything is mathematical and it's seven, you know, uh, seven parables with almost every point. Um, all of that has to do the timing of when my show's on, how long I'm on, uh, my cadence of my voice is all mathematical. It has to do with the harmonics of what I'm trying to resonate to you. If you notice at different times, I speed up or slow down my cadence. Uh, sometimes I, you know, it, uh, the English has got a weird cadence that's uh, designed not to be harmonic. Um, that's why I've learned so much about foreign languages, because a lot of the foreign languages, European languages, and other languages have a, be a better cadence. And English, being the common language, uh, doesn't have a really... Um, uh, a high powered cadence. So we have to change uh, that uh, cadence to change the harmonics because our words are designed to keep you dumb and to keep your vibration low. 
So where I, I have to use this, this until I get really good at the other languages and it can broadcast in those other languages, which I'm doing. I'm currently teaching myself 21 languages in um, 22, if you count English. <laughs> right? uh, and so I'm aware of all of that and I'm learning more every day. And all the time when I learn that, I just keep being uh, more and more overwhelmed with these ideologies that I have to tell myself to don't let your ego get in the way and start going, well, I, look, I can use all of this to point out to the world and, and go, I'm fucking Jesus returned. Everybody bow down to me and give me your wives and children, only the girls, and a bunch of money. You see my point? Uh, and, and, and the truth of it is, because of who I am, I'm not utilizing that information for a monetary gain or to control any of you. I'm actually trying to tell you, don't believe a word I fucking said and go and look up your own stuff, but you should be aware of all of that. So I think it's cool that you know that you're aware of it uh, and you're awake enough to know that. And, and, and we're going to have to have a conversation for certain, uh, maybe even on air at some point um, when we, I'm going to be putting together high vibrational, I do summits. I don't know if you know, know this about me, Anna, but I produce uh, large summits for solstices in different times of the year. I've, we just did Earth Day uh, and we didn't do it as big. I've, I used to do them big events, big events. And I worked uh, behind the scenes with many different uh, companies like Portal to Ascension and and uh, some of those guys and, and um, you know, uh, Watchers and Watchers Talk and those guys helping them set those things up. I don't work with those guys anymore because they're all draconian and they're all planting the seeds of fear and uh, trying to promote that and trying to get rich instead of trying to actually help people. They claim they're trying to help people, but they will charge you a lot of money uh, to do it. Um, so they'll give you enlightenment, but it's just like everybody else that they oh, will give you enlightenment, but you got to pay us a couple hundred dollars to get our knowledge. Um, I, I know that you have to live and I know that people have to live. So I'm not trying to say that they're evil, but uh, I don't believe that they're in, in as much service to others as they claim. Uh, and, and the fact that they talk smack about people um, tells me that. And just by me saying what I'm saying is in a, in a way talking smack about them. And I don't normally say that stuff about anybody and I don't and I'm not trying to say that they are evil I'm just saying that you guys should not believe anything that I say or anyone else and you should always do your due diligence and look into things yourself uh, and that's what Ra is saying here about how to help people so let's continue Ra I am Ra this is correct if the harvesting is to be for the positive fourth dimensional level 17.32 questioner what must be the entity's percentage shall we say if he is to be harvested for the negative Ra, I am Ra, the entity who wishes to pursue the path of service to self must attain a grade of 5. That is 5% service to others, 95% service to self. So literally, I kind of blew past that. Let's, let's, literally, Ra's telling uh, Don here that to be, to be harvestable in, this, in being in service to others, you literally only have to be 51% in service to others. And that's actually pretty difficult to do, to be that past 50% and to be 51%. People that are just like, what if I just like love everybody? Isn't that 100%? It's, it's, it, it's not, not in this world. It's, it's more, a little more difficult than you think. You have to kind of try to be constantly on, on, because you have to also be in service to yourself in a positive way and positively reinforce yourself as well as everyone around you. You can't just do them and not help yourself because then it's not real and you're faking it and that doesn't and that doesn't apply. The universe knows. Okay, the universe knows 
when you're faking it and people won't receive the energy uh, that you are pretending to give them just to get to make them think that you're in service to others. So you literally have to be in service to others, including yourself. And this is what Anna was saying earlier. And so was Cassie. That You literally have to do that because you have to do both and balance that. But on the other hand, for people who are on the in service to self and evil, they literally have to be 95% evil to move up. They have to be pretty fucking evil. They have to be really evil. That's that, that's so that's why when you see people that are that way, people go, "Why are they that evil?" Cuz they are have an agenda. They're trying to graduate. That's why you see people that'll murder four and five people then kill themselves. They're literally building up that energy and doing hideous evil things to be that dark and evil. And before that power can be taken from them, they take their own lives. So that was the agenda. That was what they were, whether they, whether they know, and this is what happens is when someone does something like that and they write about it, the powers that should not be, will not let you read and learn that. They just did that with this person here in the United States. This, this guy who was a, a, uh, was a was a uh, trans person who murdered a bunch of people at a school and then got and then made sure that, that he died or she died and uh, they won't let anyone read the memoirs of this person why what is in those memoirs that they don't want anyone to know about maybe we don't know this and this is all conjecture but however what would be in there the only thing that would be in there that they would disagree with is that there's a knowledge in there that they don't want you to know what would that what could that be? Let's think about that for a second. What could be the information that they planned it? Well, we know that they went there and they had a gun, and they got a gun, and they went and did it. So that that's not what it is. That their plan was to murder a specific person. Well, we kind of got that idea. Out of all those people they killed, one of them was the target. That's not unheard of. So what would be knowledge that they wouldn't want you to know about? That they blamed the system for making them change to the other gender and that's why they were killing people? Okay, that's a possibility, but it's unlikely because if that were the case, they would want that out there because they would want people to see that that person was a victim and driven to anger and suicide. So what could possibly be something that they wouldn't want you to know? How about the possibility that that person knows that by committing murders, they were gaining a certain power and that by also dying in the act of doing that by either their own hand or by good people trying to stop them would solidify that power when they went through death. And that was the ideology that was written down in that book. I'm just saying it's a possibility. I can't say that that's what's there because I haven't read it. So you could make up anything else. But if anybody has another idea that sounds better, I would love to hear it. Because otherwise, what would they not want you to know? What could possibly be in the diary that they don't want the public to know about? Because the hideous stuff is out in the open and we know it's there. So just a verification that, yes, I hate these people and I'm going to kill them all. We all know that about every person who's gone crazy and shot a bunch of people. We know that's why they did it. That's the motivation, right? Well, we don't know for 100%, but that's what they did. Their act was that, do you see? <laughs> so what exactly could it be that they're hiding? I was told to do this. I was promised by the powers that should not be that I would get a better position in hell. What, what, see, the only ramifications that get to the point of what well, we can't fucking let anyone know about that is something that's going to expose 
something about the the people that are in charge in some way that is negative or that is something they don't want you to think about. That's the only thing that they would stop you from learning. They're stopping you from learning a knowledge that they don't want you to know. They know it because they read it. And they don't want you to know it. How hideous does that knowledge have to be? Because mass murder, plotting it, being angry with the system, being angry with the world, all those things we can already imagine. And we pretty much got an idea that it was might have been some of those. Why would they not tell us about that? We're already thinking it. We're already saying it. To read it is what? Going to change us in some way? No, there's got to be a knowledge there. It's not one of those thoughts. Just saying. Let's continue. I'm just giving you a possibility of what it might be. Given what Ra's teaching back in 1981 about what people in service to self have to go through to graduate and not have to repeat in a new lifetime. It must approach totality. The negative path is quite difficult to attain hard stability upon and requires great dedication. 17.33 questioner. Why is the negative path so much more difficult a path to attain hard stability upon than the positive? Ra, I am Ra. This is due to a distortion of the law of one which indicates that the gateway to intelligent infinity be a gateway at the end of a straight and narrow path as you may call it. Right, right. and Cassie said, it's a huge, huge responsibility when you realize who you truly are. And it freaked me the fuck out. She, did, she didn't use the word though, she used in symbols. Right. At first, it does it to all of us. It does. Because you have that in your mind where they tell you that ultimate power corrupts ultimately. And so because of that, you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to get all egoic and freak out. And I'm going to I'm going to turn evil because that's what they teach you. Even with the one ring and, and Tolkien's book is that they teach you that the temptation in and of itself would corrupt them. But but both Gandalf and Galadriel both showed that they passed the test. That they literally, and this is what Raw's now right here saying, that you have to be on the straight and narrow, right? And that's the creed of when you get knighted, be upright, right? Be upright, and that's the hand that pushes up that you see on the fresco of the of the Last Supper and that used by the, the Baptist from John of be upright. They're pointing straight up. They're, they're pointing to God. Everyone goes, well, they're just pointing to God. How about that they're pointing to be straight up and the symbol? Yeah, it's good to have to remember that all the paintings, we didn't have movies and books. So, I mean, they had books, but they, there were paintings and the paintings were telling the whole story that our movies now tell. So one person standing with their hand up, the way that they're doing that every single time is, is suggestive of more than, you know, the, the every painting is worth a thousand words. It truly is. So maybe it's not just they're pointing up, remember God. Maybe there's something else that they're also telling you there. The easiest one to re realize is they're pointing up to where, to heaven. So that would be the third dimensional reality, the very first childlike thing you were going to get. What if there's other uh, uh, esotericness to that pointing up that is, all, that is you know, if, if you were uh, a, an esoteric uh, a symbolist of the day, when that was being uh, used, that it, maybe it meant more. Research that and you'll find out that it did. 
Okay. So you, so in looking at these things and when people are painting them uh, a thousand years ago, you have to look at all of the was symbolism. Then like today we use the middle finger and that means pluck you, which sounds across the battlefield. Uh, it sounds like they're saying, fuck you. Where's where we get the word fuck from. And that was the English longbows and they would hold two fingers up. And that's why if you're in the UK, you don't flip people off with just the, like the bird here in America with one middle finger, you use two fingers and it means the same thing. Now, if I, if I were to write the middle finger alone, that because it's still uh, around the world, people would still see that. But if this was a thousand years ago and I showed you the middle finger, you're not going to get that. If this is a thousand years from now, you're not going to get it. So if I paint somebody with two fingers up while showing you the back of their hand, are people going to think that immediately means the peace symbol? No, that's when you look the, with the forehand coming at you instead of the backhand coming at you. So so there's it, it means something different. Now, if I show you that, and a hundred years from now, are people going to know what that means? A thousand years ago, if that was painted, does that mean the same thing it does today? So you have to realize when you look at these symbols that are esoteric, when were they painted? Where were they painted? And what did they mean to the person who painted them? That's the only way you can figure these things out. It's like a mathematical equation or learning a language. You have to know what the references are. Again, that goes to Zachariah Stitchin in 1948. At the same time, Orson Welles, uh, you know, there's all those things that happened between 38 and 48. Uh, at the same time on the planet that I talked about earlier with 1948 and 1948 with the with these aliens uh, uh, coming through at Roswell at the exact same time that the same narrative is being painted that we're slaves and that there's this other person literally at the same on the same year. What's that's weird. Right. Oh, coincidence. So my point here is that you have to you have to look at everything objectively and learn about when, who, how and what they meant to them, for instance. When Jesus was palling around with Mary Magdalene, it's known that he was called her and she was what? His companion. Today, that means my buddy. Peter could be my companion if we're traveling together. That means we're a couple of pals cruising around. But back then, when Jesus was alive, that word literally meant spouse. But if you don't know that and no one tells you that, when you say that, when you read that in the in the scrolls, they were she was his companion. Yeah, they were traveling together. They're just pals. They're buddies. What does that mean? Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything at all in a relationship. But then when you learn that the that the Sanskrit word that translates to that word now, the definition then meant or Pharisee, and even Yiddish after that translates to spouse. Not now because the word has evolved. Do you see? So you have to look at those things properly to figure that out. And that's why Zachariah Stitchin messed up on his translation because he saw the word Anu and assumed it was the God, the Arcadian God from the neighboring continent or a neighboring country of, of Greeks that, uh, that they were referring to. They must be because they were they had cultures borrow gods. They do that. And that's going into my book to show that these cultures from all around the world uh, all borrowed the same creation story. And that doesn't mean that the oldest one is that that's just the oldest one that we found. Now, what what it is, what you need to realize, and that's what's going into my book that I'm currently writing, and I'm gonna and I'm doing a whole chapter on theology currently, typing that, writing that, is to show that all of these stories are different, but the, exactly the same. That doesn't mean they were all based on one story that we can find 
on this earth that means that's the culture we need to follow because they all changed to fit the narrative of the time evolving going forward, which means that, that all of them, the truth is none of them should be taken literal because all of them are stories for children. I was just literally reading the Viking or maybe it was the Norwegian or Icelandic, basically the same creation story. And when, when they created the frost giants, there was Ymir was the first giant and his sweat from his armpit and the skin from his leg, from his shin, created the frost giants. Okay, so if we take that literal, literally he was laying down sleeping and the dripping salty water sweat from his armpit and skin flakes, didn't say flakes, but the skin from his leg. So did, he, did, it, did it come off his leg when the water hit it? Was it Did it peel his skin off? And then like someone stood up and became a, a, a being. And then when you look at the Greek and Roman version of their creation, that God was playing, with, and then the, which is now also the Hebrew, God picked up some mud and made a little, little statue out of mud and then gave it life. And that transformed into the human. So we're just dirt inner matter that he transformed into a human. Do you see those don't make any sense at all? That means they're parables. That means they're esoteric or they're just stories for children to explain things. And the nine worlds of the Viking pantheon were just nine continents. They're just nine different uh, uh, tropical or, or, or uh, temperate zones because the frost giants lived in the north where it was frozen. That is the entire earth. North or south is frozen. Okay. And so Middle Earth, Midgard, well, that, that, where is that? Oh, I would say, oh, I don't know, the equator. Do you see? So it's, so it's not these nine worlds of planets like everyone thinks. Read it for what it is. If you take it for what it is, they're not saying they live on this, on this entire planet it's a world, and they always say up north. Okay, so wait a minute. So hold on. So if it's up north, that north where? Does that mean north up straight to the sky? That's not that's not north. That's not north if you're, depending on where you are. The only way that that's north is if you're at the North Pole. Then north is off the earth because you only get to one point and stops unless you look up. And then you say, well, that's north too because it's higher. Okay? So that would suggest that there has to be a planet that is directly above the earth. It's North Pole. And that that would be, would be uh, what is it, uh, Utenheim? Do you see? Uh, so, and, and then you have these other places that were volcanic. Well, you go to Iceland and it's volcanic at the time. And it, so, so there's other places on the earth that are also volcanic. Do you see my point? And so there, I don't believe that a lot of that was actual uh, different places. I think that those were all stories for children. And I'm going to show that in my book. And a lot of people are going to get pissed off at me. For, for showing that, but those of you who are awake enough to see, you, when you read these scrolls, I can translate the scrolls. I've been able to do that for a year. And everybody, no one is talking about it anywhere and no one is writing it down. But everyone I say to about it says, oh yeah, yeah, I understand the scrolls. I can translate. Them. Oh yeah. Really? Then why is it that nobody is getting rich by telling the world that they can translate the scrolls. No one. I've been waiting for an entire year. 
and letting this information leak out on my show over and over. I've been leaking this information out to the world that I, because I can, I'm not claiming something I can't. There is not a scroll that I don't actually get right now. Now maybe there's stuff about those scrolls that I still haven't unlocked, but what I've unlocked, no one else knows. I've talked to people and asked questions, but every time I tell somebody that person always 100%. Yeah, man, I understand that stuff too. I've been reading those things too. I get it. And I have yet to press really and tell me and pick a scroll and tell them, tell me what that means. I haven't done that yet. Right. Because I do, I'm not going to say I'm the only person on the planet that has. But why is it that Leo hasn't translated the scrolls and written it down and gone live and done nothing but a show on that? Right. Why? Not because I'm afraid of people saying that I don't know what I'm talking about, because that is proven by the scrolls themselves. Why am I not doing that? Because they're still not ready to know the information that's in there. And that's what I'm hoping is why some other people have also done the same thing. And the ones who are capable of translating them realize, this is what Cassie was saying and, and Anna was saying, realize the weight of that and they're also not telling the world about it because they know what I know. And that's the truth. But I give you guys the secrets. Tesla was the same way. Tesla gives you secrets over and over. People go, think of Tesla didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. I know more currently than Tesla knew then. And that's the way it should be because what Tesla knew was almost 100 years ago. Okay. But if you go back in time, 604 BCE, Lao Tzu, and the Buddha also knew that same information then. And they were giving you those secrets, trying to tell you that as well. And many other people throughout time. And, and the, the responsibility, getting back to what Cassie said, is scary when you realize who and what you are. And you, when you first realize it, that responsibility is scary for a while until you get used to it. And then you think you're crazy and you think this can't be right. Because, wow. Uh, and then over time, you realize that, no, that's true. And that's why I was saying to Anna last time, you know, the, our circle is very small because I recognize in Anna exactly what I don't know everything of what Anna knows. But just from what I can say, and, and Cassie and I've talked, Cassie and I have worked together. Cassie and I came here uh, with a, a coalition with Peter, who's in the audience currently, uh, and a couple of other people that are listening in. Uh, came here for a purpose, on a mission, working with these coalitions on and off world. And I believe that Anna did as well, and she's woke up to that. And she is I, probably trying to make contact and making contact. And if not, that's the reason why she was brought to this particular, because I am a beacon, one of them, for this information. That's why I say, Anna, and I'm giving this directly to you. That's why I'm saying I want to have conversations with you, uh, because you may already know that. And if you do, you can check with your sources and ask them uh, as long as they're not physical on the earth. But there's still some people on the earth who would know the answer to it as well that would give you that truth answer. But I'm telling you, look off world if you have those contacts and ask them about me and you'll get the response that I am certain that you'll get. And if not, you don't have those uh, those communications yet. There's a reason that you and I have met, <laughs> and, and we do need to talk. Okay. 
and it's and if it's not me, find someone that that is either here uh, or or you know we'll, it'll it'll work itself out. And that's why I tell people that you need to go and look at what you know what you guys <laughs> look at. <coughs> okay, so and that's just why I say if I if I don't resonate with you, find someone who does, and and if not, find your own way, and you will get to the same place. And it is scary when you first realize it, and then the knowledge that you have. Uh, if it, you don't usually get that knowledge unless you are in service to to others, not self, and and those people who get that knowledge, you can only unlock it by being in service to others, and uh, and so that's what the people who are in service to self are looking for and trying to figure out a way of of um, getting you to give them that information. The problem that they don't realize is that you can tell them outright. And this is why I don't tell everybody what's in the scrolls, because I can tell you outright what it is. And I do over and over and over. And if you don't have the ears to hear or the eyes to see, you're not going to get it. (laughs) You can't get it until you can. I can give you the tools and you can think I'm crazy and say that all you want. And I can literally tell you a thing. But if you're in service to self, it won't make sense to you and I'll sound stupid and crazy and you'll get mad at me. That's it. That's the truth of it. Because you are not designed by your very nature of being in service to self. You have to be in service to others and you have to hit a certain plateau in your own service to self and in service to others to unlock these things within yourself that gave you the knowledge. That's why uh, Nikola Tesla said, that uh, a true enlightenment only is achievable by universal enlightenment. Okay. And this is what all of the ascended masters throughout time have been trying to teach. Okay. And this is what I'm trying to teach. And whether you, and this is what Raw was trying to teach. Literally trying to give you this information over and over and over. Every time the Don's asking a question, Raw is trying to give him the same answer. And that's what I do. But we can say that a billion times. I'm just trying to do it because I know that people learn seven different ways because I was taught that. So because of that, I use parables because some or one of those parables or a combination of those are going to trigger something in you that's going to have you thinking and going, wow, okay. All right. So let's continue uh, with, with uh, what Ross talking about here because we're getting close to the end. To attain 51% dedication to the welfare of other selves is as difficult as attaining a grade of 5% dedication to other selves. The, shall we say, sinkhole of indifference is between those two. 17. Or questioner, well, then if an entity is harvested into fourth density with a grade, let's say, of 51% for others, 49% for self, what level of the fourth density would he go into? I'm assuming there are different levels of the fourth density. Ra, I am Ra. This is correct. Each enters the sub-density which vibrates in accordance with the entity's understanding. 17.35 Questioner, how many levels do we have here in the third density at this time? Ra, I am Ra. The third density has an infinite number of levels. I agree. I had to stop here because of what Anna just said, right? She said, I'm going to read it to everybody. She said, as I'm needing to take a drink of water, I've been talking too long. My vocal cords are starting to hurt. So uh, I can feel myself expanding as I am seeking those that are like myself. This is why I have been brought here. Yes, 
and that's and and by you doing that, that also is expanding uh, the people in this group that are here during the chat and us myself. That's why I I, I don't like doing the show without having people and interaction uh, to talk to. Uh, I could just do an MP3 file with no uh, nobody and just speak and not pay attention to the chat or not have a chat, and that's useless. That'll give information out there, but it doesn't it doesn't allow me to in any way uh, advance my knowledge or expand my uh, 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 vibration uh, in any way. That just has me uh, going bleh to you what I want you to know. And I'm not learning anything from that. That's why I don't like those people who will speak and never take questions. Those people are too busy about wanting to be about themselves and uh, and have you buy their product. That's what they're selling. They're selling themselves because they don't want to be bothered by uh, questions and answer sessions. You just listen to what I have to tell you. And and those, and those people are, are being propped up on these channels as being very awake uh, all across the whole disclosure project and, and all kinds of other stuff. They don't want to have any interaction with people. They just want, and then if they do, uh, they only take a few questions or, or, you know what I mean? But the people who take mostly Q and a and tell you they like Q and a, those are the ones that are far more honest because literally we have to be able to speak to you about what we're saying and not just come up with an idea and throw it at you and then run away. So those of us who do this and take questions and, and, and have you guys speak to us and interact with us, that makes me raise my vibration as you do. And then you do the same in turn, right? So we, we literally pull each other up higher and higher by seeking each other out and learning from each other and then speaking to each other either on here or off here or both. Uh, and, and those people who just get on and just go blah, 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 done. Uh, I could get through all six, uh, 106 sessions of the law of one probably in six months or less and never say anything besides just letting it play. I mean, come on. You could do that on your own. You could read the book, right? And not translate anything for anybody. What's the point, man? You know, if that's the case, then do it on your own. If you don't need us, you don't need me to help you or or help you to, to help me, then just read the books, get what you get out of it. And I'm okay with that. If you learn everything and take it to, and keep it to yourself and never tell the whole world. And you're, I'm just, you know what, I'm, I'm way awake and nobody in the world knows about it. And, and if that's still helping me all. So do by all means do that. Keep your secret, be egoic and be, you're not going anywhere. You're going to be here just as long as we are because, it, because you're not actually working on yourself and being in service to self as well as service to others and helping yourself to help others. You're just doing it and then saying, I'm keeping the secret from the world. And I know the secrets to the world, but I'm not telling anyone. I kind of do that only because I don't want evil to corrupt what I'm doing. And so I did that with physics and walked away from them. And, and a lot of people do that. Dramvalo Mulkizanek did the same. A lot of other people did the same. Right. And you, you get out there what you can and then you have to pull back. Sometimes you don't want to give them the information they can corrupt. Uh, and that's why I haven't told people what scrolls are saying, because I don't want them corrupting that information and utilizing it to their advantage and weaponizing it because they will. All right, let's continue. 17.36 questioner. I've heard that there are seven astral and seven devotionic primary levels. Is this correct? Ra, I am Ra. You speak of some of the more large distinctions in levels in your inner planes. That is correct. There's that number seven. Seven and seven. What, what, what was that? We covered that, so I'm not going to go into all the details and spend a lot of time. We're getting light on time here. I should have uh, ended the show probably at 23 minutes ago, so I'll go until 6.30. Here we go. 
17.37 Questioner, well, who inhabit the astral and who inhabit the Devachanic planes? Ra, I am Ra. Entities inhabit the various planes due to their vibrational nature. The astral plane varies from thought forms in the lower extremities to enlightened beings who become dedicated to teach slash learning in the higher astral planes. In the Devachanic planes, as you call them, are those whose vibrations are even more close to the primal distortions of love slash light. Beyond these planes, there are others. Okay, so you so literally there's there's the octaves within octaves, literally, and this is why I'm putting in my book and teaching that there's not just a dimension, but there's a density, and that those are separate. The dimension is the physical plane, the physical place this world that we're on this universe that we're in the density is uh, is a part of that but it's primarily your spirit which is outside of space time in or outside of time space in space time uh where where time doesn't exist and where you're immortal and that is a different uh etheric plane within this etheric plane and uh and do you see and so there there are different levels of both physical and astral uh, uh, planes uh, that have to do with the higher uh, portions of the third dimension and the lower portions. So third dimension goes from uh, baby soul, first time here, physical, uh, a first time aware of yourself being veiled to all the way up to somebody who has decided to return as a wanderer, even though they might not have come here from a different place or they did uh, and came here, but they've decided to return and stay here to help. Uh, and those people are very close to approaching fourth and fifth uh, density in their vibration. And um, these are different octaves within the same layer of each one of those. Uh, and, um, those just like the octave of uh, one through seven uh, in the physical, there's the octave of one through seven in the in the uh, spiritual and each octave in between one, two, three, four, five, six and seven has different octaves within each range of that octave for both. Like an onion, do you see? And that's what Ross talking about referring to here. 17.38 questioner. Well, does each does this is difficult our physical plane are there seven subplanes to what we call our physical plane here Ra, i am Ra. you are correct i hope that that answered cassie what he was talking about that's what i was answering was your question about what he was talking about about that the that word that he used for that for that was a meaning higher astral plane is what he was talking about you didn't spell it right and i don't know how to spell it either <laughs> But that's what he was saying. That's what he was talking about. He was talking about the different levels of spirituality, and uh, and Don was using that word. Uh, and I and I, I don't now that I'm, I'm uh, you know, uh, devonic level. Um, that's not what the word is. It's devonic or something like that. I'll play it back. I'm going to rewind it just a slight. Astral planes, in the devogenic planes. Devogenic. So you've so yeah. So you actually might have spelled it properly. Uh, so the devogenic plane is the density, but but because Raw is referring to this entire totality of spiritual and uh, physical as a density and not separating dimension and density. Uh, it, but back then we didn't understand uh, that, and now we actually do. We only we only barely knew nine of the three, six, and nine. 
And that's why I add the 12. And remember, we talked about that and how that becomes the four and the one. Uh, and the four is you spiritually moving into the concept and understanding of the fourth dimension. Uh, and then that uh, moves you into the fifth dimension. And he, this is where he's talking about that astral plane separate from density. And he hasn't made the connection of dimension density. So he's using that word to represent the, the density that I'm referring to and that we refer to now. Uh, because we have, are now understanding or understanding the concept of 369 and beyond that, because there is beyond that but that the 369 in the physical ends there. And that is where the control of this universe stops. And the nine is the hex boson. Peter's giving you math about it now. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in there, that's why he started that with nine triangles, 743. He's, he's showing you the 730, 743 uh, is the frequency uh, and showing you the triangle and then three and then literally showing you square root, <laughs> square root six, triangle eight. And he's showing you literally the math. If you know physics and you know the mathematical equation, he's literally showing you what I'm saying. OK, so when you when you have the, he's talking about the realization of fourth and fifth uh, uh, spiritual uh, uh, vibration. Uh, so literally outside of the third dimension. Uh, but he's but raw doesn't use differentiation between de density and dimension. He's saying di density as both, uh, and there is a separation. But there's no way that in 1981 uh, people of this earth, which we didn't even really have uh, a complete knowledge of 369 yet, the hex boson, the nine energy being the hex boson, which is the math that he's Peter's now currently showing you. <laughs> the nine being the hex boson wasn't discovered in physics until 2012 or 2014. So in 1981, they would, he, even uh, Don, who was a nuclear physicist, would not have understood the concept. And that's why he's asking the question and using the vernacular that he's using. OK, uh, so it's, it's beyond the rational thought of a, of a nuclear physicist in 1981. And even when I was in uh, physics in 1991, to 94, um, that uh, that was still foreign to them, and I couldn't get it across to them even then. And, and it took and it took the science community and literally another uh, 15 years or another 10 years to actually figure that out and start calling nine the hex boson, the god the god god energy or god particle energy. Okay, and and they still don't get 12. And so I'm adding that to the equation these days. And the, to realize the 12 is to realize outside of being, pulling yourself. Remember, we talked about that, that you are not in this third dimension. That was the very first thing Ra tells you is that you're outside of this third dimension. In the very beginning, I just looked it up again to, to check, test myself today. Literally, the first thing Ra came through to tell is that your thought and that this is you're not part of this universe. You're outside of it. So not just outside of, of space time, you're outside of this universal uh, ideology, this 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 thing that is this dimensional uh, aspect. You are outside of that dimension completely. And that realization is where the number four comes from going towards the zero point and the metamorphosis of your being realizing you are the zero point and you are outside of the zero point is inside and outside of this dimensional universe completely. And that's the what he's using as the word to try and understand what that is right now, currently. And so that's what he meant by that. Okay, let's go.
as you call them, are those whose vibrations are even more close to the primal distortions of love slash light. Beyond these planes there are others. 17.38 Questioner, well, does each, does, this is difficult. Our physical plane, are there seven subplanes to what we call our physical plane here? Ra, I am Ra. You are correct. This is difficult to understand. See, this as within, so without, as below, so above. Do you see? And so there's subplanes to everything in the negative. That's why when you're in math, that's why the whole algebra thing makes more sense when you think of more in vortex math, as a matter of fact. Uh, vortex math makes a lot more sense when you've learned algebra. That's what they apply to it with calculus and above, trigonometry and above. They go, they fall back on, on, uh, on algebra for vortex math only to understand the negatives and positives. And that's why it was taught to begin with, was to get you ready for the toroidal fields. When you start calculating in toroidal numbers, you have to calculate by 12, not by 10. Because 10 doesn't work and it doesn't factor properly. And that's where you get fractals. So you only get to see the yin to the yang or the yang to the yin. You get to see the negative uh, hard shaped uh, Fibonacci sequence to the, to the golden mean ratio spiral. There are two parts of the same whole. Two aspects of the same whole. To understand that in the in a toroidal field, you have to be able to go positive and negative and have something to represent the positive and negative mathematical equation. And so they do that with color, making one red. But if you watch even the videos that I've given you when they go to negative numbers and they fluctuate. And if you're a mathematician, you get why they're fluctuating. And if you're not, then you don't realize why they go from blue to red to blue to red to blue to red. And that one's blue and has a plus and one's red has a minus on the same number. That's because what they're showing you is a, a two-dimensional uh, toroidal field. They're trying to show you a representation in math of a third, uh, fifth-dimensional toroidal field in a 3D reality using a two-dimensional uh, chalkboard in front of your face that's, that uh, is a video. So if you're a mathematician, you get that. If you're not, it gets a little confusing when you're trying to teach somebody the Pythagorean theorem and you have it in front of them and you have moving parts to that when you don't have it expand out to be a third dimensional or fourth dimensional object because you have to become the witnesser in the fourth dimension to witness the fourth dimension. And then to witness that properly, you have to become a witnesser in the fifth dimension to look back and see the total part of the fourth dimension because you're in it when you're there. That's the part that's the uh, subatomic um, um, structure that gets weird uh, that people see as the quantum weirdness because to witness a thing, you have to be that thing and that changes what you see. So you have to pull outside of that and you have to find that place outside of that reality to witness the entire reality without being a part of it and changing it. That's the whole purpose of teaching four-dimensional thinking and realizing the 12, instead of 369, it goes to 12, 15, do you see, is the fifth dimensional looking at the fourth. And that's even harder for me to explain. Most of science has no clue what I'm talking about right now because they, they're just now starting to look at things from a fourth-dimensional perspective. And they won't acknowledge that because it has to do with spirituality. And they, so they, that's why they can't get past the nine. That's why 666 is the human number. It's six, three score and six. It's six, six, six repetitive over and over like a skipping record. Six, 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 six. That's as far as they can get.
They can't get to the nine without the spiritual. So they can't get to the to the toroidal field and the construction of the toroidal field without being spiritual and go beyond that. They can't they can't fathom that. So they can't get to the math because they're in service to self. And that's what Peter's showing in, in the thing right there when he's showing the seven with the with the pyramid or triangle, six triangle, six triangle, and he says we're in the cosmic time, triangle, 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 and that's outside of. That's what he's showing. He's showing the math, right? And then he's showing that in 22, that changed. The, the belief, he said, literally saying 22 changed within the frequency of. And then he's showing you the math. And what, so what he's saying is that uh, now science has been is starting to realize that the only way you can observe the third dimension without upsetting the third dimension, uh, because that's what they've already proven, is you, you have to observe it from outside of the third dimension. So you have to be in the fourth dimension looking back at the third. So then that also progression says you will only affect the fourth dimension by being there at that time. So to uh, then uh, observe that in its totality, you have to be the observer that is above that in the fifth. And so you have to go into that density within this reality and expand your consciousness to be able to pull yourself out of this all the way into the fifth, even though you're physically not there, you're spiritually moving into that. And that makes the transition to the physical plane uh, easier in the future. And I don't know why I told you all of that, because I don't think in more, I don't think anybody besides Peter and maybe uh, Cassie and Anna, I hope, actually just got what I just said. And if you're out there around the world and you got what I just said, <laughs> and, and you really contact me <laughs> because that was very high vibrational thought process that I just, I don't know why I threw that high of a vibration out at you. Um, maybe that was the, the, the Cassie and Anna's talking that high that pulled me up. But that was an information uh, bracket that is when Peter, now he's doing it again with his math, it's doing it as well. So you guys are doing that and pushing me really hard to go up. And uh, some of you, I probably left a lot of you behind just now. I apologize if none of that made sense to you at all. But it, if, and if it sounds crazy to you, don't worry, because it does actually make sense. <laughs> you just have to really be on a high vibration or a really good mathematical uh, physicist to actually get what I just said and what Peter is posting in the chat in mathematics. And he's not using regular math to show it to you. either. <laughs> he's using a higher math that they don't teach you in colleges. OK, let's continue. There are an infinite number of planes. Don't apologize, Peter. That's okay. I mean, it's perfect. Don't apologize. He's like, I'm sorry that I don't. That was good shit right there, brother. In your particular space slash time continuum distortion, there are seven subplanes of mind slash body slash spirit complexes. You will discover the vibrational nature of these seven planes as you pass through your experiential distortions, meeting other selves of the various levels which correspond to the energy influx centers of the physical vehicle. So, so literally what, what I just described to you and unlocking that knowledge and how that works as you meditate and raise your vibration, Ra's just now saying the exact same thing. <laughs> and that you will meet people of that vibration as you go. You start meeting people of the higher planes and recognizing each other, which is what literally we, I was talking about earlier. Let's continue. The invisible or inner. Third density planes are inhabited by those who are not of body complex natures such as yours. That is, they do not collect about their spirit slash mind complexes a chemical body. Nevertheless, these entities are divided in what you may call an artificial dream within a dream into various levels. 
In the upper levels, desire to communicate knowledge back down to the outer planes of existence becomes less, due to the intensive learn-slash-teaching which occurs upon these levels. 17.39 Questioner, then is it necessary to penetrate one plane at a time as we move from what we call third-density physical through these planes? Ra, I am Ra. It has been our... <laughs> it's hard to... I wouldn't know, know how, and I don't know how I would have typed that information out either. It's hard to type that. I'm trying to figure out how to type that in my book as well, the information to actually show people. I'm like, how do I do this? And I know I just said it, but I, but those of you who are in the chat had the visuals of the mathematics. That's why I said, Peter, don't, don't uh, apologize because his math was, was actually uh, uh, having me say higher things. He still is the stuff that he just wrote. So, uh, so how would I, I'm trying to figure that out for my book right now. How do I get this information in words in this language? Uh, for people, and it's hard to um, to get across because, and it goes back, falls back on, and what Ross talking about, it's when you know it, it, you know this thing, but it's hard to then try and ex express it in a third dimensional vibration that people can then inter interget, understand, and digest. You have to be of the higher plane to actually unlock the knowledge. So for me to try and use my words to tell you uh, is doesn't do it justice. And that's what Anna's saying here to, to, uh, to uh, uh, Penny, that you, you can try and use the words, but the Peter's using math and I'm trying to translate what he's saying in math in words. But it, for those of you who aren't of the vibration, I'm going to sound crazy and you're going to go, that guy's just a crazy hippie and he must be high. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I probably am a crazy hippie, but I'm not currently high. <laughs> right, let's go. Experience that some penetrate several planes at one time. Others penetrate them slowly. Some in eagerness attempt to penetrate the higher planes before penetrate. Right. Anna's agreeing with me there. She says, oh, my God. She says, oh, God, it is hard to, isn't it, to explain it in words. It is. It's very hard in it because because uh, if you know it, you know it. But then trying to get to bring it from the fifth spiritual density into these words here and explain it doesn't work because you because there's nothing here that represents it because it's all been erased. And so when you know it, you know it, but you can't express it in third dimension. It's not expressible. So the only thing we can do is give you the closest semblance that might lead you to the knowledge to know it. That, so it's not like we're keeping something from you and that we're laughing at you. It's that we're laughing because we're nervous knowing we can't actually express it properly in a way using math or language or both that will get you to that place. We have to bring you to the water and then say, drink, and you have to drink. <laughs> so I can, as a horse, I can lead you to water, but I can't make you drink the water. So I can lead you up and go, that water is the water of life. So drink that. That's the, that's the fountain of youth. And that's the entire concept and parable of the fountain of youth, by the way. <laughs> I just used that vernacular as the parable, but that was what that parable was about. The fountain of youth is not literally about immortality as a human being. And that if you drink the water, you will live forever on this plane. It's not at all. Most of the stories, the land of milk and honey, all of these stories that everybody were chasing, El Dorado and all of these uh, places of gold and, and uh, uh, the promised land and 
all of that stuff was never in the physical. But everybody's chasing it, looking for it in the physical. Turning lead to gold, you actually do that in your brain. Not a joke. You actually do that in your brain. Transmuting lead into gold is a process that happens within your physical body, spiritually, and everybody's trying to figure out how to do that in the physical. Third dimensional beings are trying to figure out literally how to create the spark of life. They don't want to admit that life is a thing. They don't want to admit that God is a thing. They don't want to admit that the creator is a thing, that we're in the physical or all there is, and we will be able to create immortality in the physical plane. And, they, and that, that's because the stories are there. And so they believe that the stories are a physical item they can find. And that's why Lao Tzu said, he who looks for it will not see it. He who grasps for it will not grasp it. That is literally that why in 604 BCE, that means 604 years before Jesus was born, the Buddha and Lao Tzu said those things, and people all throughout time did. They were trying to tell you that all of these things that you think are way to heaven and uh, Jesus saying the way to heaven is through me, literal, uh, everyone thinks, well, what is he talking about? Through him must be from following him and being a follower. So I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. And because I had water chucked on my head and some guy in a robe waved his hand up and down at me, I'm now going to get into heaven. And if I don't do that, I don't get to go to this place that's called Elysium uh, by the Romans. And, and that's why they made the movie called Elysium. And it showed you that above off the earth was the space station that they called Elysium. That's heaven to the Romans. And, uh, and, and earth was hell as above, so below. Do you see uh, the whole movie was a, was a vernacular that was a parable to show you those things. And it's literally you're chasing your tail, thinking you're looking for something in the physical. And the truth is that all of those things are within you always. And that's what Ross trying to teach. And that's what all of us who are enlightened are trying to teach you is that you're not supposed to be looking in the physical for immortality and everlasting life. You're not supposed to be looking outside of yourself in the universe for God to return or Jesus to return or heaven's a certain place that I can sail to in a spaceship. If I, if I learn fast enough, all of that is within you. All of it. All of it. And that's what we're trying to teach you. And that's the only, that's the best explanation in third dimension that I can give you for everything that we just said on that very high plane that had to do with crazy ass math. <laughs> All right. I'm going to stop here because I know it's quarter to seven. I got to cook uh, some dinner. Well, you know what? There's two minutes left. I'm going to play this and then we're going to go. We'll finish this session this week and start on the next one next week. Getting the energies of the so-called lower or more fundamental planes. This causes energy imbalance. You will find ill health as you call this distortion, to frequently be the result. But really quickly, I want to say what Cassie just said, because that's so true. Cassie said, the harder you try to understand, and use in the use of the word understand is very important here, the harder you try to understand, the more you get confused. But when you let it come, you let it come to you by working on yourself. It happens organically, and the understanding happens. And that's why she chose the word understanding the first time, because that's on the physical, in the physical plane, standing under someone. And that when you allow it to do the work on yourself and allow it to happen and stop trying to fight and surrender, 
to the universal mind, the universe itself, and stop trying to be in control in the physical, in 3D, then it happens organically, and then you understand, and the understanding happens, and that's the key to the door. And the understanding, instead of understanding, is when you actually learn how to use the key on the door at the same time that you know where the door is, and then it all happens, and that's what she's saying. Let's continue. Of a subtle mismatch of energies in which some of the higher energy levels are being activated by the conscious attempts of the entity while the entity has not penetrated the lower energy centers or subdensities of this density. 17.40 Questioner, is there a best way to meditate? Ra, I am Ra. No. 17.41 Questioner, at this time, near the end of the cycle, how are reincarnations into the physical allocated, shall I say, on this planet? In our own inaudible. Ra, I am Ra. Entities wishing to obtain critically needed experience in order to become harvestable are incarnated with priority over those who will, without too much probable slash possible doubt, need to re-experience this density. 17.42 Questioner, how long has this been going on, this type of allocation? Ra, I am Ra. This has been going on since the first individual entity became conscious of its need to learn the lessons of this density. This was the beginning of what you may call a seniority by vibration. 17.43 Questioner, can you explain what you mean by a seniority by vibration? Ra, I am Ra. This will be the final question of this session of working. The seniority by vibration is the preferential treatment, shall we say, which follows the ways of the law of one which encourages harvestable individuals, each individual becoming aware of the time of harvest and the need on a self-level to bend mind, body, and spirit towards the learn-slash-teaching of these lessons, is given priority in order that this entity may have the best possible chance, shall we say, of succeeding in this attempt. May we ask at this time if there are any questions? 17.44 Questioner my only question is there anything we can do to make the instrument inaudible? Ra, I am Ra. This instrument is not wearing the appropriate apparel for this work. As in pourings occur in the regions of the, what you may call, seventh chakra as you speak of these energy centers, filtering through the sixth and so forth, the entity's other or base chakras become somewhat de-energized. Thus, this entity should be more careful in its selection of warm apparel for the part of the body complex you call the feet. May we answer any other brief questions? 17.45 Questioner, just we want to put heavier clothing on the feet. Is this correct? Ra, I am Ra. This is correct. I will leave this instrument now. I leave you in the love and the light of the one infinite creator. Adonai. February. I love that, right? Gotta put on socks. <laughs> Thicker socks. Her feet are cold. And it's interfering with our transmission. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you guys, though. But you know, Cassie said thank you for picking up on that, brother. I don't know. Thank you for saying it because uh, you said it very, very well, like Anna said. And um, I, I wanted to make sure that the people caught that who were listening on the MP3 file uh, because they can't read the chat. Right. So that's why a lot of reason why. And then you guys pushed me up in a higher plane. I realized how high I even went with what you said, Cassie. Uh, and and then Peter keeps throwing that math out there that keeps screwing my brain up even more and I, my vibration keeps going up. <laughs> no, don't stop on that, Peter. That's good stuff. Um, so yeah, I know, right? And that's yeah. Peter was saying that you know you, you try to walk away, but you can't. You realize that your mission is not complete. Uh, even if you're not a wanderer and you wake up, you, that's what happens is that when you wake up and you realize and you look around to the world, uh, you say, "Wow, this is." 
everybody's children here. This is an entire species of children. That's normal. But at first you don't realize that. You're like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? But that's normal. This is what the third dimension, the third density in the third dimension are to do. That's the function of this place. So then once you realize that part, you, you get over feeling bad for everyone. Uh, but then you then you get into that anger kind of period a little bit where you go, well, then there's evil people that are doing this on purpose. And we got to stop that. And then it doesn't take long for you to realize at that point, oh, yeah, no, that's supposed to happen. And that's the dance. That is the double toroidal field that you see as the yin and yang. That's why they chose those two circles. Uh, and they, that's a, a two-dimensional rendering of a fourth-dimensional concept, which somebody in that religion realized and, and said, you have to see it. Once you start to see things from that perspective, when you realize that the Star of David, the, the pentacle, and uh, the Vitruvian man uh, or woman, uh, and all of these symbols, the pyramid inside the circle, all of those are the exact same equation. And when you look at those in their third dimensional renderings and you don't see them as a, that two dimensional drawing on a piece of paper and you actually see them in their third dimensional renderings and their mathematical equations, you realize that they're actually describing to you a toroidal field. And then the only way you can actually see the Taurus uh, is to see it from all directions. And that's why in all of my um, reels that I put up, uh, you see that you see it from the inside where where the zero point is. And I always make sure that there's a human in there. And at the heart is the dead center of it. And that's apparent uh, to you in your visuals. Then you see the toroidal field from the top down, the bottom up, from the side, from the side in, in inside, and then from outside. And then you see it slightly from a different angle so that I show you that from the perspective of the fourth dimension, to where you're outside of that dimension, looking back on it and seeing it. And I show you how that applies to everything on all my reels. Those are, that's the one consistent thing that I'm showing you over and over is the Kundalini energy. And the, all of that is yeah, there's the Celtic knot work. All of that is the same spiral. That is the yin and yang. That is the tree of life. That is the, in, as within, so without as uh, below, so above. All of those sayings and all of those symbols are the exact same toroidal field. And then to see it from the fifth dimensional, you realize it's a double toroidal field. And that's why I show you in space where I show that it's a double toroidal field connected to each other, uh, you know, from whatever perspective being top down, you know, left to right, to up to down, it doesn't matter. And a double toroidal field. Uh, is from the fifth dimension. You can't see that in the fourth because it's a fifth dimensional uh, observation. So it's hard to represent in a physical way for you to see. Computers help with 3D models to show you even 4D and 5D uh, concepts in the 3D, but it still doesn't do it justice. And that's what I was talking about before, trying to put it into words is even harder. And then putting it into visuals with words and the explanation still doesn't do it the justice that happens when the realization comes. And that's why Cassie used the actual word understand at that point, as opposed to understand. And she was taking you from the physical third dimensional uh, understanding to the uh, thinking in the, th in the fourth and fifth dimensional thinking of understanding being outside of as well as inside. And that's why if you look at all of the, say the, the, um, 
uh, teachings of Trismegistus in the in the, the uh, um, um, Hermetica uh, and and the the period pieces of the time when they talk about the underworld. Everyone thinks that they're talking about the evil place of where Satan is like hell. That's not it at all. The underworld was the, the within world. So when, when you ever, when you ever hear them talk about the underworld, it was never the negative, the evil, but it was, they were trying to show you both. So the underworld was the negative and evil, but it was also supposed to be within you. Uh, and that's why, because that's where the ego is. That's where the thinking mind is. And so you are the evil within. You are both God and the devil in heaven and in hell. Both of those exist within you. This is what Ra is trying to teach as well. Okay, trying to get you to realize. And you're supposed to, in all teachings from all peoples, in every religion, in every philosophical thought worldwide, that are trying to tell you the same thing. Look within yourself for all the answers. That's where it is. My vocal cords are giving out. I've talked way too long, and I'm now uh, have my vocal cords um, failing me. Um, but the, my vocal cords are already weak. I don't know if you guys know the story, but I almost lost my voice. I had lost my voice almost completely, uh, and had a system of vocal cords, and they've never healed, and they, they can't do any surgery without losing my vocal cords. And that's what gives me this beautiful voice that I can use that is the perfect radio voice is the fact that I have damaged <laughs> vocal cords. So when I talk too long, I don't talk to hear myself speak and I don't talk because I love to hear my own voice. Because the truth is when I talk too long and too much, it does damage to my vocal cords and I'll have to be quiet now and hardly say a word for the rest of the night and most of tomorrow. But I'll be back speaking again tomorrow. So I have to rest now and not speak so that I can then have my vocal cords uh, ready to go by noon tomorrow. And I'm uh, literally having problems right now. So I'm going to go. I love you guys. I'm going to put it up on the screen again for those of you who may have just tuned in. Literally tomorrow, tune in. Go to my page on uh, on Facebook, and you'll find this uh, uh, meme that I'm putting up on the screen, uh, which is a, an advertisement made by Jacqueline Taylor. I'm going to be on her show uh, tomorrow at noon p.m. West Coast uh, um, North American Continent Time, uh, 3 p.m. East Coast North American Continent Time. That is GMT minus seven. That's 8 p.m. Uh, or so it's minus eight now, I think. So see, I thought it was GMT minus seven, but she's saying it's GMT minus eight. Look that up <coughs> wherever you are around the world. We're going to be on her podcast and the link to her podcast is on my page. It's also on Orion Rising, the, the page. It's also on um, uh, uh, Returning to the Old Ways, uh, the the group. And I'll put it uh, as well in the, I think I already did, but I'll put it in the, in the chats. From Returning to the Old Ways and the Law of One class chat, if you're around the world somewhere listening on MP3 file, if you want to tune in live, you'll have to go to Facebook. And uh, I don't know if she has it on YouTube, but she also has a website. So if you go to hers, her page, uh, you can go to her outside source website and listen to us there broadcast live. I don't have the link to that. We'll share those out tomorrow when I do have the link to that. Um, and we're going to be talking about living the law of one. So it's not going to be translating the law like I'm doing here by the session, but we are going to be talking about the whole entire concept 
and uh, and living that uh, in the in in your spiritual life, uh, not as a religion, but as a as a way, just like I do, showing you the different ways from around the world that everyone has been trying to teach you, and that when raw came through, they were not teaching something new. The only thing they were teaching that was new to us in the concept was look out, bad guys got here and screwed things up, and oh by the way, we also kind of assisted fucking them up, not on purpose, and we're here to help. Uh, and that that you know that's kind of funny in and of itself, right? But the, the, all the rest of it is it's purely the same in all other aspects. This is going in my book. All other aspects from all other religions all around the world and all the scrolls that exist, even though people say they were completely made up by the draconians and controlled by the draconians, that they are still in third dimensional uh, levels evil. And that is uh, still servicing the all, even though they think they're not by everything they think that they're coming up with. We're going to talk about that as well tomorrow. So be there and tune in at noon. I don't know how long we're scheduled to talk for, whether it's just an hour or whether it's 10 hours. I don't think it is, though. All right, guys. There's me. For those of you who are on the MP4 uh, broadcast, you actually get to see me today. I'm wearing my my Grimfrost clan. Uh, that says Grimfrost, by the way, in Futhark, right? Not Elder. This is modern Swedish Futhark, right? Because the, the Ys here, it, it wouldn't be there, right? That says Grimfrost, G-R- I am, that's an M and that's not Elder Futhark, uh, right? And then the F is, that the rest of it's pretty similar all the way across. The N is backwards, uh, even on the screen, because that's not the, the Futhark Elder. And this would be an arrow instead of the way it is. It would be more of an arrow if it were Elder Futhark, but I'm fluent in that as well. Uh, but this is the modern Swedish Futhark, and I'm also fluent in that. <laughs> and that is a world Viking clan uh, that is worldwide, and that's the symbol. That helmet with all the knotwork is the symbol uh, for that clan. It's a worldwide clan of uh, of um, that that type of uh, spirituality. Uh, and I have uh, a couple of these shirts that I got, and I bought these from the band Amon Amarth, <laughs> the speed metal death metal band who sings about Vikings. <laughs> this is uh, from their website. I bought this from their website. <laughs> so I love that band. You guys should listen to them. They only talk about Viking stuff, but they all they talk about the spirituality, just like uh, um, uh, who, who's the other one? I can't think of the name of the band now. There's a few of them. I post them a lot in the things. Ray showed up right at the end. Welcome, Ray. Welcome. Uh, uh, I love you. Like, glad to see you here. I'm getting off the air. You got here just in time for me to, to be getting off the air. Last time Ray showed up here, or the first time she showed up when I was doing the Law of One, the first time back in 2017, 2018, she was, she showed up and she sat there for a while and she said, this is basic, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, for you. <laughs> for you, but not for most people. And she laughed. All right, guys. I love you guys. Have a great uh, time. Like I said, tune in tomorrow. Go to my page. Find the link or go to Jacqueline's page. Find the link. Tune in tomorrow at noon Pacific time. 3 p.m. Uh, uh, East Coast time, and we'll be talking, her and I will be talking very high vibration. We don't usually talk low vibration. We get going and quickly we go up high. So if you want to have a, an, an adult conversation or tune into one, tomorrow is going to be like the last hour of this conversation, but with her and me going back and forth, watch what, what happens there. She goes way up here and pulls me with her and then I pull her up and then you guys some of you out there in the world are going to go I'm not even sure and Ray can attest to this she'll tell you that <laughs> right <laughs> so she says oh gosh shocker talk Ray will tell you that we used to do that to her even five years ago we'd be talking in a chat and Ray would go there they go they're on to that place where they're going above where I can pay attention I don't know what they're saying now and literally we were live on air two years ago 
now. I guess it's two, yeah, two years ago now. Her and I were live on air on Earth Day. And and uh, a friend of ours who was on the show with us, her mother who was listening and actually looked at her daughter and said, are they speaking English still? Because we literally got to a point where she was no longer capable of understanding or understanding what we were saying. And she was asking if we were speaking a foreign language. Tune in tomorrow to see that happen live because it happens every time her and I talk, every time. We never stay at a very low vibration. We always shoot up. So if you want to get your vibration pulled to a very high place, tune in tomorrow at noon, West Coast America, 3, uh, 3 p.m. East Coast America time uh, or Canada time. Uh, and uh, you will see what I'm talking about. It, we will not in any way uh, disappoint. All right, guys. I love you guys. Have a great night. I'll see you guys tomorrow, hopefully. And if not, I'll see you guys uh, next week when I do the Love One. Uh, and um, those of you listening on the MP3 broadcast, you'll have to go to Facebook to get her uh, link. Uh, but you, then you can leave Facebook and go to her website and listen to us there. Uh, so I apologize if you hate web, if you hate uh, Facebook or don't have access. Uh, what we will, I will try and get a copy of it and put it out on the MP3 uh, broadcast afterwards. So I'm hoping that she is recording it. I'm going to find out tomorrow. And if she is, I'll get a copy of that and I'll be able to get that to you guys to listen to. All right, guys, have a great night.